you know, we end up sleeping on the floor or sleeping in our chair, you know, all kind of things like that, because we find out that uh, rest is so elusive. We can at least sleep. <laughs> we can shut down to a degree, but we're not really able to rest. So we don't even respect the process of, of retiring and going into that restful state. So, you know, as a result of that, I do like to keep things light if I can on, on, on the Wednesday nights, depending on how it goes. Cause you know, I always say, we I always say we're having this conversation. We're having this dialogue. So if the energy leads us in a certain direction, then that is the direction that uh, we'll go in. Uh, oh, let me introduce myself to I'm chief Yuya. And I'm doing that too, was just in case anyone wants to try to berate, <laughs> Berate me in the segments later or something. They won't be saying this guy or that guy. They'll know exactly who it is is speaking. All right. Um, let me give you the calling number. Anybody who wants to call in and be heard or speak or whatever, you know, uh, or just even listen via the phone line if that's more convenient for you. It's uh, 515-605-9862. 515-605-9862. Just getting to the point where I'm actually memorizing that that phone number now and i know very soon i'm i'll be looking to get rid of it so probably exactly when i get to that moment when i have it down packed and memorized will be time to uh to get rid of the phone number (laughs) but again like i said if you want to speak be heard or share whatever ask a question you could call in or if you just want to call in through that that means you could do that as well you know it was a very short comment left on the video yesterday that um, was a very good one uh, that I wanted to share with everyone. And it was, it was brief. It was good. It was on the, the, the video that I did, um, Strategy and Tactics, Strategy and Tactics. And um, Sister Shasa had left a comment. Sometimes I've seen her a couple of times in the chat room. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I do think she's a, she's a student as well. But uh, she left a comment um, In regards to, I guess, what we were speaking about yesterday, and she said, sometimes women make rules and decisions out of hurt, and it's hard to see and slash or acknowledge when we have not healed. So I'll repeat that again. She says, sometimes women make rules and decisions out of hurt, and it's hard to see um, and or acknowledge when we have not healed. And, you know, honestly, let me get my background going, because today I said I'm going to rock some background action. <laughs> you know, hopefully. Because usually I, I have some background sounds going while I'm talking, but I have it piped in with my audio so you all don't hear it. You know, but it just kind of keeps me the way I like to be. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that was a, that was a real poignant statement. You know, like I said, a lot of times it's not it's not the, the the long drawn out statements that say the mess the the most, excuse me. But sometimes it's it's um it's the simple things. And um you know, I've said what she has said many times, but I've used in my opinion, I think in my memory, I've used a lot more words to say it. <laughs> you know, so a lot of times it's good, you know, when other people share and you get it from a different voicing. And I'll repeat what she said. Sometimes women make rules and decisions out of hurt, and it's hard to see and or acknowledge when we have not healed. 
And, you know, I, I think that was probably, I'm not sure exactly what portion of the segment that she was responding to, but I'm thinking it may have been when I was speaking about, you know, you really can't, uh, you're not going to have high emotion and logic living in the same place at the same time. You know, and a lot of times when people are highly emotional or they're, they're upset or they're in a rage, you know, um, they want, they, they begin to try to justify their point, you know, or, or where they're coming from. And a lot of times they'll be speaking and not really making any sense. You know, um, sometimes people are just not aware. And that could have been, I don't know if there was response to that or not, but, uh, you know, cause like I guess I don't go back and listen to the shows, but just, to, just trying to give it a little bit of context, but you know, the idea of being self-aware or, or losing self-awareness to the degree where you're making decisions. And like she said, even making rules for yourself based out of your hurt. So you, a lot of times, sometimes we do things based out of a deficit model. You know, we make certain moves, certain moves or invest in certain culture and certain ideas because we're functioning with, with a dysfunctional model of deficit. You know, I don't have or I may not have, or I'm not going to have or I've never had. And I'm hurt about that. I'm still damaged about that. So now I'm going to invest and create a culture all around this pain. But I'm not I'm not even in tune with myself to know that I actually am in pain, which is what the sister was kind of kind of sharing and um yeah man that's that's such a common occurrence I, I if I can only tell you you know how common that is um and how much I deal with that in the work that I do and especially when someone's in that space you know where they're feeling that type of pain excuse me and they're feeling that type of misery especially as a as a counselor therapist guide babalao it's very difficult to talk to them you know and sometimes you have to you have to be a bit more stern and punchy with them in order to get through, in order for them to actually uh, listen to you, you know? And um, that's what you all maybe unknowingly have experienced to a large degree, even just on these segments, you know, um, people calling in and saying sometimes some of, some of the most ludicrous statements sometimes, you know, because they, they're hurting and they're feeling, you know, and, you could tell it's an intelligent person and, you know, in, in any other circumstance, if they weren't totally, totally enveloped in their historical pain, they would even be able to hear how ludicrous what they're saying is, but they just, they just can't bring themselves to that space. So you almost have to drill certain things into them. It's like putting cracking Epsom salts under their nose, you know, for them to really see, because sadly, a lot of times when people talk about I and me and, what I've gone through and what I've experienced, you know, they begin to totally um, engage, you know, and, and put in bondage the concept of their truest self or their real self. And they, and they assimilate it and connect it to and syncretize it to the history, you know, some, and it's different levels of it. You know, when we come into consciousness or some who come into consciousness, let me put it that way, for some who come into consciousness, um, they may just step out of one level of self-awareness, right? Um, and sometimes for some, their first level of self-awareness is their nationality, right? Or their first level may be um, their race, or it may be their gender. You know, that's their first level of, of saying, yeah, you know, um, this is what I'm aware of as it pertains to me. It could even be the job they do. You ask a person, hey, what do you do? I'm a pharmacist. 
you know. So they immediately acknowledge that the bulk of what they are, what they do is, is you know, um, or the bulk of what they are is what they do. And, you know, or what their qualifications are. I'm a doctor, I'm a PhD, I'm, a, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that, you know. So that's one level of awareness, right? And really at that level, we're really looking for our external environment for validation, um, for validation and definition. We're looking outside of ourselves for that level of, of definition. And then, you know, you have a, you have another level sometimes that people get into when they start to really dig into what we would call their consciousness, right? When they say, oh, I'm conscious, or like this new really idiotic saying, I'm woke. <laughs> you know, like people are so ashamed just to say, you know, I'm cultured. I'm, I'm, I'm racially responsible. I'm woke. So you still got to make it sound stupid. <laughs> so just, so, you know, you still, you still kind of neutralize it by saying it like that. But anyway, I'm not going to get off of that. Cause that could just, that just, that could just be an old man rant. So I don't want to, I don't want to go into an old man rant, but, um, so you have that aspect of it, right? And then you have the next aspect where a lot of times people become conscious, quote unquote, and now they identify themselves with their thoughts. You know, so it turns a little bit more internal, but they'll start to identify themselves with their emotions or and, and their beliefs. And that's how they'll classify themselves. You know, I'm a god, I'm a goddess, I'm a king, I'm a queen, this and that. So it's not, you know, they're self-appointed gods. They're self-appointed goddesses, self-appointed rulers, self-appointed leaders, you know, and they tap into their sensory to kind of define themselves in that sense. And of course, that's a, that's another level, but it's, you're still not really talking about the self yet. You see? So, you know, and again, I'm, I'm commenting on what, what the sister Sasha Shasa has said in, in that sense that a lot of times women will make rules and decisions based on their hurt. And they haven't even recognized or acknowledged that they're they're in pain or they're, or they're hurting, you know, because sometimes um, they're identifying themselves so much. And not just women, women and men alike. Uh, and again, I don't have the context of what she was speaking about when she said that. So I'm not sure what she was responding to. Um, but it's it was like I said, it was a very true statement. Nonetheless, you know, um, so, yeah, a lot of times people are caught up in false false identifications. You know, they're identifying themselves with their history or they're, they're identifying themselves with their desires. You know, um, I'm a freak. One thing about me, I'm a freak. You know how freaks are, you know. So and that's a level of consciousness, believe it or not. You know, because that's that's a deeper level of consciousness than someone who identifies themselves, let's say, with their weight. I'm fat or I'm skinny. Well, you wouldn't know that if you didn't have an external comparison, you know? So it's a, it's get, it's a deeper level again of, of consciousness or awareness, but it's not, neither one of them is really true awareness in that sense, because you're still thinking about transitory vibration, your mood changes, your desire changes, your beliefs change, your job changes, your, your weight changes, your height changes. You know, in many sense, even your race changes, <laughs> you know, because we sometimes we, we go through processes, even with that learning and 
learning who we are and where we come from and things like that. Your nationality can change as a result. Um, some people even take on different gender identifi- identifiers and say, well, no, I don't want to be identified by this anymore. Identify me by that. You see, so ultimately all of that stuff is, is transient. It changes. But, you know, the one thing that actually stays the same, that if you really tap into that more than anything else, it would allow you to get out of that space of, like the sister said, being hurt and not knowing you're hurt and making decisions based off of that. So you're making decisions based off of your body, off of your mood, off of your feelings, and you're creating rules surrounding it. And of course, like I said before, the two things are not going to live in the same place at the same time. So if you're making rules and decisions off of your emotion, then you're not making them off of your logic as well. You see? So, and your emotions will change. Now, when you're connecting to a logical space, you should be, should be connecting to the inklings of the spirit. Because remember, spirit creates thought. Thought creates emotion. So you gotta, you're going back. Now, what creates spirit? You know, true spirit or is soul, right? So, you know, sometimes we get caught up. Like I said, we get, we get snatched <laughs> in between, you know, um, in between of our what our awareness actually is and sometimes um, what we would call our self-experience and the self-experience again would be the things that we're feeling and uh, our five sensory experience and even our thoughts, you know, Um, ultimately the only thing that you're really going to, going to be able to at least come close to saying, even though in in many senses still kind of false, the only thing you really can come close to saying is I or self is your awareness. That's it. You know, it's it's like when we speak about the Ori and we say, you know, it's the only one that, that follows you back home at the end of the day. Everybody else gets off the bus. All the other Orishan energies, they get off at their stops. You know, the, the Ori takes you there and, and back. You know, so the Ori, again, in, in that instance, is like it's the aspect of self-awareness. You know, it's it's um, the soul experiencing life. You see, because we experience life through the soul, you know, and and life is not your experiences per se. Life is a is a flow. You know, life is is that is that that breath that was put inside of you, you know, and then now. okay, so now you're animated, you know, with this thing that we call life. And then, of course, life continues forward. You know, and why I say it's kind of a tricky thing to call that the self is primarily because it's individualized for the purposes of our understanding, but it's not really an individual thing. You know, awareness is really a collective thing. You know, it's it's almost like you being aware of your toes and your fingertips and your nose and the back of your neck, you know, at different times or all at the same time, but they're all a part of the same body. You know, so it's still not even as separate as some of us would maybe want it to be, you know, but our field of awareness that really is uh, that helps us to like understand am I upset? Am I this? Am I hurt? And I'm making decisions based on that or whatever is is the awareness of the soul, you know, because in that it allows us to extract ourselves from all those other elements. You know, if you're feeling something, it allows you to pull back. And say, okay, he or she is feeling something. I, the self, I don't, I don't actually feel. 
<laughs> I just collect data, but I, I don't feel anything, you know. So ultimately, it would be futile to identify myself with the feeling or identify myself with the thought. You see, that would be futile because those things change all the time, you know. So it's deep. And, you know, and like I said, then you, you have like... um. You know, you have your direct experiences and you have your indirect experiences and self-experiences is more, like I said, felt through your human faculties and your direct awareness of life um, is, is experienced through the soul. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I saw the statement in there and I thought it was key because self-awareness, man, you know, there's so many people who a lot of times if you listen to these shows and that's what I said, sometimes you got to have the ears to hear. And sometimes a person may hit our own personal triggers and um, they may have, you know, they may say something that just feels so true to us. It just feels so right, you know, because they're saying it with such emotion and such conviction and they couldn't possibly be wrong because it's the same thing that I experienced. You see, but truth is matter in its actualized state. You know, truth is not necessarily what you feel right now, just because you really feel it. Truth is not even what you've just experienced of what you've observed or what you've witnessed. That's not the truth. You see, so that that's that's your your indirect experiencing of life. Your direct experience of life is through the awareness of the soul. Now, through the awareness of the soul, you can actually become aware of truth. You see, but if you're not tapped in like that. I know it sounds crazy, but <laughs> if you're not tapped in like that, you don't know what you're looking at at any point. You don't know what you're experiencing. You don't know what you're looking at. And I've seen so many people who have created whole philosophies for themselves based off of a lack of self-awareness. And, you know, it's such a difficult thing sometimes to bring to a person, you know, to say, well, you know, maybe there's another side to this and Maybe it's this and maybe it's that. Because then what happens once you start doing that, you're breaking, you're breaking out of the false self. You're breaking out of the ego. And, and that false self and ego is going to fight you. It's going to tell you you don't know what you're talking about. It's going to start insulting you and all kind of things like that. And uh, what, what did I get the other day? I got called a chauvinist. And it was something else. I was Oh, I'm full of myself. Tell you, you full, you full of yourself and this and that. Now, because you may be tapped into your soul energy, it doesn't make you better than the next person or anything like that, but it does give you a higher perspective. So you can listen to that person and you can hear what's really being said, or you can hear the lunacy inside of the words because they're totally identifying with their, with their um, lower life experience or their indirect experience of life. And you may be in a space where you're identifying with your direct experience of life. Now, if you, you identify with the direct experience of life, you're always going to have a higher vantage point, a higher point of awareness. There was a question put in the chat room by Glenda Holder. Do racial groups have collective ores? Nope. And let me say this, Sister Holder, Sister Glenda, Sister Glenda Holder. Um, that You got to learn a little bit more about ori. Because that that question doesn't really make as much sense as you might think. Okay, so 
you gotta it probably would behoove you to understand what the ori actually is and you know in its placing in it and its functioning now collective racial groups or racial groups who have collective spirits you know they have collective spirits here yeah, but that's that's something different um than the ori and essentially too the spirit of each group is really determined by your perception of each group it's just like your egun you know the way you perceive your egun determines and, and carves out what their spirit actually is in your life you know cuz we have a lot of spirits it's just you know, I mean, think about how many dialects that you and I just um, utilize in the course of one day. You know, every, we, we use one dialect with a cashier, another one with somebody we work with, one with our children, another one with our mate, you know, another one with our friends. You know, and all of those different dialects really represent different spiritual projections of us. So um, if I was to transition, and I think I used this example before, you may all connect to me from the ancestral realm, from the teaching aspect. I, I doubt if too many of you see me as a son, you know, or see me as a grandson or a nephew or anything like that. So you may not connect with that aspect of me. You'll connect with a, a particular aspect. So um, the idea of collective spirits in that sense is really determined by our own perception. Even the idea of our egun is determined by our own perception because you know when you're when you're communing with your egun you're not communing with their soul you're communing with their spirit and remember the spirit is transient and it and it only stays around <laughs> we'll use that term as long as it's fed you see and of course it, you know all spirits are are products or all spirits are um, governed by thought projections. Even though spirit creates thought, but they're governed by thought projections. You know, so with that understanding, how you perceive or how you project the idea of that spirit is going to determine what that spirit is actually going to be, you know, for you in that sense. It's going to determine what it's going to be for you. So, yeah, I would just say, like, that's another one of those, you know, sometimes I ask those questions where, um, Again, I'm not trying to be saucy or anything like that, but sometimes a question doesn't actually have an, an answer because the terminology of the question doesn't really add up. The math <laughs> doesn't add up in that sense. You know, your ori is your individualized portion of Oludumare. You know, so it's individual. It's, it's not collective per se. You know, so like I said, it, it would learned a little bit more about it I think it would it would help you in that sense you know to kind of to kind of get you know get where it's going you know in in that sense but um yeah so you know like I said we're keeping it light keeping it light tonight and um I'm gonna go back to the, the self-awareness piece a little bit but I think it's I think it's an important thing man and I don't even think I know you know, because it even helps you with what we call situational awareness. You know, as a matter of fact, that reminds me, Brother Lowe. I want to read a comment he wrote. That was kind of cool. Brother Lowe listens to shows a lot, man. And he always, every time he comes through, you know, I, I like his comments. I actually, I mean, I read all the comments, but I really always make sure I read it. Because um, a lot of the material that I, I enjoy reading or have read in the past and stuff like that, sometimes it's a little out there in terms of what most people are interested in. 
you know, um, and I, and even some of the mythologies. Like, you know, a lot of people don't talk about Grecian and, and, and Roman mythology or, or Nordic mythology that much. You know, at least not the people who also talk about, you know, um, continental, African continental mythology and systems as well. So sometimes you don't get both of them in the same spot. But this is a particular brother who, whenever I mention something outside, <laughs> you know, of uh, the indigenous sphere, we could say he's always right on it. He usually has read the book or watched the movie or whatever. So I, I, I do appreciate that. But he had left a comment on the um, Adapt Like Water show where he said, um, good show, Chief. As someone that owns like four different versions of The Art of War, this was a really good show. If you want to go back and reread and see what you missed out of that book, that part about water and river rocks made me think of Godfather 3 when the Cardinal is talking to Michael and he uses the rock in the water as his example. And also about Bruce Lee talking about being like water. I owe you. Thanks, Chief. I pick up the books you talk about and if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know nothing about African literature. It's so beautiful. Uh, but how many actually go beyond the literary works we made here you know like the forest of a thousand demons i enjoy reading it a lot but it holds value to me personally because my best friend's name is in that book when i met her she had a weird name especially in the south and then i picked up this book and i see her name and instantly tell her about it because she didn't know what her name is so thanks a lot chief Yes, yeah, man. So you know that was like it was a good comment, you know, for me. <laughs> that was a good comment for several reasons. Um, one, because it's good to good to know another brother is, is rocking the art of war. They like, say so he's got like four copies of it, four different versions. And, yeah, it's a lot of versions of that book. Um, but even even the aspect, man, of like he said, knowing this sister and thinking she just had this weird name, and she didn't even know what her name meant until I read. Uh, the forest of a thousand demons and saw the name and was able to tell her what her name meant. Now, see, that's, you know, that's, that's what a lot of this is about. Believe it or not, you know, like I said, sometimes it's in the simple things that we miss, <laughs> you know, sometimes, and that seems like a simple comment. Like you say, Oh, thanks. Good looking. But he said something real deep there. You know, like you got somebody walking around, not really understanding some of the, the aspects of their own culture that they're living every day. And you were able to say, hey, man, look, this is book. Your name is here. See, you know, I used to always talk about that a lot when I write a passage and working in schools and stuff. A lot of times when you're in those environments, uh, the genius of the children is not really reflected in those environments. You're not, they're not learning about their own genius. And that was part of my role. At least I, I made it my role, even if I wasn't. <laughs> if that wasn't a part of my job description, it became my role, you know, to highlight the genius of those indigenous children and and uh, and those buildings and see how even some of their contributions were even reflected in those institutions, but coded. You know, so um, sometimes we walk through life for a long time, you know, without that really without that understanding, you know, without that connection. In that sense, to the things that we do, that we eat, that we say, you know, I'll give you one example. One time, this sister, real nice sister, um, I I had working with me years ago, 
um, in this particular, what was I? I, was, I was a dean, well, I was a dean slash director um, of this particular uh, school and program. And she was one of the teachers, real cool. And I had to do a speaking engagement, one strong in. And um, I brought some of the students with me. So I brought maybe about, about four or five students with me. You know, because it was like at an African Family Day event. So I figured, okay, they would like this. And also, you know, this food and stuff. Just kind of get them around some of the culture. Get them out of their, their neighborhood for a little while and bring them around some culture. And um, she said, you know, she would like to go. And I was like, okay, cool. Because, you know, the more people the merrier, you know, give me give me some help. And that way when I'm on stage, I don't have to be, you know, so concerned. And... um that particular event, my my cousin and um, my Abba and some of my elders were playing that day, and um, they were drumming and dance. You know, they dance troupe, drumming, and, drumming and dancing, and um, they were singing that song. You know, Funga Alafia, Funga Alafia, Ashe Ashe, Funga Alafia, Ashe Ashe. You know that one, right? So. She hears a song and she was like, oh. she said, I know this song. And I'm like, okay, sure you do. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. She's like, no, 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 I know. And she starts singing. And she said, oh my goodness, I haven't heard this song since I was a little girl. She's like, I completely forgot about this song. She said, my father used to play this song. I said, oh, really? And come to find out, she was from Ghana. Well, her father was from Ghana. I never knew that about her, though. Um, and she was like, yeah. So, you know, it was real deep because it actually caused her to get more into the event that day. She even filmed, which I think she ended up erasing by mistake. <laughs> um, you know, all, all these events I've done in the past, I never have footage when I speak or anything like that. But she actually had a camera on her. She took some pictures and she filmed and and I never, I, I it was really me. I took too long to go get the footage. You know, I should have just went and got it. But, um, you know, she really got into it, you know, bringing back that childhood memory, which I guess she thought was a lost memory in some senses, you know, and um, she had really got into into the song and she was dancing. And if I remember that day, she had brought her son. Yeah, she had a, a, a real small son at that at that time, you know, so just instances like that, man, you know, sometimes just being around the culture, being around the images and the sounds and the smells and things like that, it wakes you up to certain things and it, it makes sense of other things. And that's what we need. And, and, in our culture and in our environment, we need the things that we're doing. That's why I always say, don't throw everything out when you come along, because a lot of times it's things that we're already doing and that we already have that, um, are divine within themselves. You see, but of course, you're not going to get that instruction, you know, from your institutions. They're not going to share that with you. You know, like, oh, this is the reason you walk this way. <laughs> you know, this is the reason why you talk like this or why your name is this or this, that, that. And the third. So, um, like I said, that that comment that the brother left uh, for me was, was great because he was able to bring that sister back into something. And who knows what that sparks? You know, who knows what that sparks, that sparks. Sometimes it's, it's things that are seemingly very minute that uh, bring a person into their consciousness. It'll shock you. It'll shock you. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you know, I just wanted to acknowledge um, those pieces. And, uh, and you know, 
brother Jeremiah, he also gave some words of insight as well. And he shared, you know, salute to the chief. Salute to you, brother. He said, uh, another great show to build and destroy with. This was a uh, claiming your authority show. And he said, Umoja and truth are the first foundational principles to liberation, which can only be attained from us stepping into our authority by connecting to the source slash the soul. When this is done, we can be rooted in Orun and anchored on Aye to be self-defined, self-empowered, self-actualized beings. To grow, create, and bring forth is the job of the author, the supreme, the supreme Black Father with the hand of God, quote-unquote. Give thanks. Victory is now. So he gave some words of encouragement, you know, to all, to all the listeners, you know, in that sense. So, um, and I'm going to read one more. I think there's one more I was going to read. Sister Michelle. She had wrote, uh, this was on strategy and tactics. Give thanks once more for the show, Chief. Give thanks for the lessons you continually show us with the comments your students make. I appreciate you breaking down my language. Uh, if I remember correctly, she had asked a question, if I remember correctly, in the chat room. And it was another one of those questions. I was like, uh, wait up. <laughs> That's not actually a question, you know. So I think I, I think it was one of those. And she, uh, I guess, was able to think about it. And she said, I appreciate you breaking down my language. I see that I need to put more thought into my qualifiers. Also, thank you for pointing out that we are in an Amazonian society. I never saw it that way. I know we have been there once in the past, and clearly we have not learned. I see this culture shifting towards cyber, cyborgality. Uh, okay. <laughs> she hooked up a word there. Um, cyborgality after. Now, I think she said after homosexuality. For some reason, my mind is cut off right here. But she said, I see this culture shifting towards cyborgality after homosexuality. Well, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. I think we're kind of there already. Um, I don't think there'll be an after homosexuality, though, to be honest with you. You know, um, when you when you think about homosexuality um, and you think about the, the, the architects of this society and this culture, their base and root culture is homosexual. So essentially, I mean, it's, they've been very patient. You know, they 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 fought a good fight. You know, they basically waited and waited and put things in place where they could begin to restore, as far as what they may think, is the glory of Rome, of Greece and Rome. You know, so I think you're going to see more restoration of ancient ways. I only wish we would do the same thing. You know, I only wish that we were so um, vigilant about restoring our own ways as well. But yeah, I don't. I don't think it's actually as far as Western society. I don't think this. I don't think homosexuality is a phase. I think it's been a part of a, a a long-standing plan to restore some things. You know, as far as the cyborg aspect or the cyborg cyborgality. <laughs> yeah, I think we're definitely there already too. You know, because if you look at um, if you look at a lot of different, just look at a lot of different. Uh, whether it be cartoons or heroes or even look at the beauty field, you know, the idea of implants, you know, the, the, the idea of, of even getting things pulled and plastic surgery and different kind of physical enhancements. Like you have your man, Elon Musk. Uh, I was 
All right, so I'm back on Black Talk. Black, Black Talk. I'm back on Black Talk Radio. Um, it does that, man. You know, it, it kicks you off whenever it gets tired of what you're talking about. You know. <laughs> so, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's really the key, man. You know, um, being able to see beyond the BS, being able to see through the smoke and mirrors is what qualifies you for survival in, in this day and time. Man. And, and I know it sounds it sounds harsh. You know, it, it almost has a Darwinian um, kind of spirit to it. It's, you know, it's Darwinian, Darwinian-esque, you know, to kind of say it's like this is survival of the fittest. But in many senses, it is, you know, because if you look at things, even let's look at even things like taxes, you know, so many people are um, concerned about taxes and things like that. Like when, when Trump came into office, but you know, if you're a business owner, taxes are not really an issue so much for you. If you're a smart business owner and you know how to use the tax laws to your advantage, if you're just a working stiff, then yeah, you're in trouble because working stiffs, they're the ones who pay the taxes, you know? So, how hard is it for you to incorporate yourself? You know, how hard is it to you have diversified streams of income, even if you have passive income and you incorporate yourself that way and utilize the tax laws there. So it's like on some of these things that we're talking about, I tell you, honestly, um, there's a victimhood. There's a victim personality that we speak about a lot in our sense, like, you know, um, what about this? What if they do this? What if they do that to us? But for some they're almost untouched by some of that stuff because they use their intellect to rise above it. Obatala, remember dropping the chain when Olokun, subconsciousness, flooded the world, which is basically represents the world going to sleep. And those who were able to grab the chain were saved from the flood. What is the chain? Evolving. You know, what is Obatala? Light. So striving up towards the light, striving up towards enlightenment is what's going to save you. You see, so, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say that, you know, literary prowess or, or, or scholarship, you know, it's, it's going to save you from an oppressive system per se. But what I'm saying is that there's, there's different forms of, of the system. You know, there's different levels to it. And if you're at the lower, lower level and everything is flowing downhill because you haven't picked your head up from the fray, then you're going to be a victim to more things than, than, the, than the average person. You see, so that's the difference between the illuminated or the Illuminati and the sheep. Honestly, that's the difference. You know, even like I see Brother Shaga just said, whoa. You got to understand that that's pre-programmed. Anything that's said on a mass level like that is lost its value. I'm woke as, as F-U-C-K. You know, that's a new, the new term they like to use. I'm woke. And and I first person I heard really really use that like a lot was um, Nate Parker when he was promoting for um, Birth of a Nation. And I'm like, this is nighttime show, so I'm gonna talk. Now, I know a lot of you not gonna listen to this. You'll hear this in the daytime, but it is night. Uh, you woke. Uh, I don't. You talking about Jesus a lot in every single interview. Like a lot. You talking about Jesus? Eh, maybe, maybe you're waking up. Maybe you're waking up. You know. So, a lot of times when 
Nah, y'all don't be egging me. I see you, Shaga. Get it cheap. Y'all think now I'm about to go off. Nah, man, this ain't no show. <laughs> I think it's deaf comedy jam or something. But um, so a lot of times, even when we when we wake up, quote unquote, the path is already lined up for us. You know, it's very sim- similar to um, uh, when we decide we want to eat healthy. What do we do? We go down a healthy aisle in the supermarket. And we eat a bunch of garbage. But the only difference is that they put it in in bags that look like paper bags. And it might say made from recycled materials on the side. So I'm doing it. Let me get my Kashi granola bars. Kashi uses GMO. (laughs) You know, so um, a lot of times the path is already lined up for you. And again, it's those who can pick their head up from that and live a different kind of life, speak a different kind of language and utilize um, different systems. It's, you almost have to be like a ninja in a sense. Those are the people who are woke. Not just the person who posts that all over Instagram or, you know, can recite some basic facts that everybody should know by now. You know, you got people running around talking about, you know, Columbus didn't discover America. How are you going to discover someplace people already been? And I mean, they're doing whole lectures around weak information like that. You know, that that's that's the stuff that makes me internally turn up sometimes. <laughs> you know, where it's like, who the, who the F told you to get up and speak? Like, honestly, who, who told you to talk? Like, you're going to waste the people's time. You're going to be selling books and lectures, and that's what you're going to say? That weak behind information? And, of course, there's always that, that, that other side. Well, you know, um, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, but you could also be going in circles. Some people ain't that woke, if you want to use that terminology. You know, we should be so far beyond some of that stuff by now. Some of the stuff that we're still talking about at this point, still regurgitating. That's what it really is, is regurgitation at this point. So, you know, I'm just saying that uh, in terms of of, of that idea of... um, like the illuminated ones or the ones who get saved and things like that. That's why sometimes when I speak to you all and I say, listen, you know, we don't have much time as you think to still be playing around. People still want me to sit up here and, and do hoodoo, give you spells where you take a piece of broken red glass and you mix that up and you put that in a blue cloth. And then what you do is you pee on that and then you get a, a, a bird, bird feather, you tie that up in the bag and you put that, you know, you still want that. And then you consider yourself conscious because you're doing stuff like that. You ain't conscious because you're doing stuff like that. No. You know, there, there's energy that's around us that's moving and grooving at this this point and doing some amazing things. Because remember, the whole universe is alive. It's growing. You know, and you can either sit up in the head. Like, if you look at the universe as a big robot, you can sit up in the head where the control room is. You know, or you can be in a rectum and get all the old leftovers and think you having a good meal. You know, and, and honestly, for a lot of us, that's what it what it really is. Even when you speak about the Arisha P, I mean, still people who come, why you don't do the Arisha? Let's talk about the Arisha. Y'all ain't ready for it. That's why. Because it's like the sister said earlier, the sister Shasa, you got people who are in pain and who are hurting and, and they haven't, they're not even aware of it. 
So you can't skip over that. And then now I'm 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 calling this energy or calling that energy. It doesn't work like that. There's there's some things that need to be corrected and aligned inside first, you know? And everything that I'm speaking about, you don't have to hear the word Orisha to, to get to get spiritually in tune. You don't have to hear Neturu or Kemet to be conscious. There's so many different pathways and ultimately the sobering that we get from, from Western civilization, the sobering should allow us now to apply formulas more. You know, it's cool that we know the stories and the dances and the songs. and That's good. I know them too. You know, so I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. But what do they mean? See, that's when you're picking your head up from the fray and you just, you're just not moving in clusters and moving in groups. You know, so a lot of us have really uh, lost the value in that. And like I said, I, I listen to some people speak and I'm just like, would you just shut the F up? Like, why are you even talking? You know what I mean? So, like, Especially like when I hear people stealing my information, which I do hear a lot, because people are always sending me videos and stuff saying, and showing me like, look, first saying what you just said, word for word. You know, um, or sometimes I see old students, quote unquote, old students, and I'll see their numbers on the on the switchboard. They'll come in and listen to a show. And then on their channel, they'll talk about the same thing I just finished talking about. No integrity. You know, um, now I don't sweat it because it's like, well, just get the information. I screw it. As long as it gets out there, it gets out there. But then there's another part where it's like, who told you to talk? Who told you to write a book? You know, you're going to spend all this time making a cover and typesetting, getting it printed up, pricing it, you know, writing description, all that to say the same thing that 60 other people just finished saying. You know, so that's that's a part of the sheeple mentality as well, even though it seems like, well, it's conscious information, but, you know, Ego can hide within consciousness. And that's what happens a lot of time. The ego keeps things just as they are. And it sneaks inside of the consciousness. You see? And it keeps everything at a certain level, man. So that's the difference between the illuminated ones. You know, everyone's so scared of that term Illuminati to be enlightened or to be illuminated. Illuminated with light. Well, when you're illuminated with light, what are you illuminated with? Right. That's what righteousness is. The, the words are interchangeable when you're talking about esoterics, light and right. They're interchangeable. You know, so to be righteous is to be filled with light or to be filled with the authority of the author or the authority of the source, which makes you the light of the world. Why are you the light of the world? Because now people can use you as like a lighthouse. They can watch your movements and your words and things that you do, and they can get guided back home because you are the light of the world. You see? But just because it's, you know, like I was talking about the indiscriminate, Emulation, like what Arumila's son, just because you copy doesn't mean that you are light. Doesn't mean that, you know. So, yeah, I, I know it's it's not a it's not a um, comfortable subject for a lot of you because we have so many people who just like, you know, they got that grandma vibe. Do the best you can, baby. <laughs> you know, at least you do is something positive. And I agree. <laughs> you know, I'm there with you with it too. You know, at least. You know, even people who steal my stuff, I'm like, well, heck, I'd rather you steal my stuff than steal something harmful. At least you, you've decided that this was going to be your hustle. But sometimes it could be dangerous too, you know, because sometimes um, you lead people astray through you, through your foolishness. 
at the same time. So sometimes it, it could be problematic too. And, I, and I've seen that happen a lot of times. Now people don't want anything to do with consciousness because you impostered yourself as one of the lighthouses of consciousness. You see, so as a result, um, people now just, you, you know, you're making us all look sloppy. You're making us all look stupid. You know, it's just like if, if you watch certain TV shows, man, and they'll show like this, this show uh, a pimp with his hookers, right? They always make the pimp look like a big clown. You know, big feather in his hat, bunch of 10 carat jewelry all over his fingers, loud car and stuff like that. It's just to make to make the pimping look sloppy like that, you know, to give you a certain impression of it. But then when they show you documentaries of these women at, at the bunny ranches out in Nevada, it's like the, the owners are speaking clear. They got on regular clothes here. And what we have, we have the girls here and the girls are in this trail over here. And then our customers come and, you know, <laughs> but it, it's all to kind of keep you a little warped. And you don't realize that the, that the one at the bunny ranch is the idiot because that's the one pay, paying taxes. They're going to make fun of the other one because he ain't paying no taxes. You know, that's just a financial um, that's a financial compendium that he's established between him and the women in the state and the stable. You see? And, and you can't regulate it. You can't even regulate like you regulate drugs. You bring the drugs in. You know how many, you know how much drugs is being sold. You can't, you know, that's different. But with the pimping, it's different. So, you know, and I know you probably you talking about pimping now. Yeah, I know another thumbs down video. Bring it on. <laughs> you know, you know. When I step out of line, people don't like it. Get back in your spot, Chief Yuya. You just sit there. You just talk about Ogun and Orumula. Don't you dare talk about nothing. <laughs> Get back in your place. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you start to when 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 you're truly awakened and are truly illuminated, you start to really see the game in so many different things. Like we use the term "peep game," you know, you peep the game. You know, that's being illuminated. You know, it's it's not just as light or as simple as many would love to make it. You know, there's, there's something more to it. And honestly, you gotta you gotta use the information that you've been illuminated by. See, that's a tough spot for a lot of people. That's a tough spot. They actually have to use the information. And it and it will probably and most likely call for a totally different lifestyle. And a lot of folks are not really ready to change their lifestyle. They're like what I just said about taxes. Now, a lot of times, immediate responsibility, he over here talking about taxes. We shouldn't even have to pay taxes. Taxes is illegal. There's no law on the books that says you actually have to pay taxes. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Okay. So that that's one level of being awakened. You're absolutely right. You know, but then there's another level when you're looking at the empirical level. A lot of that stuff works on the individual level. It's cool. But on the empirical level, when you want to really take some things over, you're going to have to learn how systems work. If you really want to take some things over, you know, and you may have to put yourself around people who you don't really like. <laughs> You know, you may have to look at cultures that you feel maybe have even abused you or cultures that have victimized you. And sometimes there's answers lying in there. You see, when I break down things, I talk about Hindi structure. I talk about Asian cultures. Sometimes I speak out of the Quran. You know, I'm talking about Arabic. You know, 
these are all people who did continental Africans dirty at, at, at one point in time, and some still are. So should I hide in this little bubble and, and go into fetal position? Or do I say, you know what, F that, man. All right, you got that. You got that. You, you got a good shot off. You hit me hard. You hit my people hard. But watch this. Because there's no reason why you can do something that I can't do, considering I'm much older than you. And chances are, whatever you're doing, I taught you how to do anyway. I just forgot that I taught you. <laughs> so I'm going to go take my stuff back. So, this, you know, and it's different perspectives, you know. Um, I don't want to necessarily uh, kind of box anyone in and saying you have to do it this way or that way. But, you know, like I said, there's levels to this thing, man. This levels to consciousness, levels being awoke. Like I explained earlier, you have a level where you're you're awakened to your nationality or you're awakened to your gender. You know, and some people stay there. They just want to focus on that. Some people are awakened to their race. And then there's a deeper level where you, you become awakened to your beliefs and awakened to your thoughts, awakened to your emotions, awakened to your ideas. And then there's a deeper level outside of that where you disconnect from all of those things that are transient. You see, but ultimately, even with that, you're never walking in the place of your soul because here on this planet, you know, we're only getting a reflection of our souls. So even when we're self-actualized and living out our highest ideas, you're still not living out directly the intentions of the soul. You're living out the reflection of the soul. So the most you could ever be on this planet is a moon. You could never be the sun, no matter how much you want to call yourself that. All we could all be is just moons, reflections of of the actual source, you see, in this space, in this space here, you know, in different dimensions is different or different realms, rather. It's a different story, you know. So I don't know. You know, it's just something to kind of put in the back of your mind when we talk about waking up and things like that. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back with more. Um, I invite you, anyone to call in who feels like it, 515 Six zero five nine eight six two. As you know, on the Wednesdays, I keep it light. So you know, anything you you feel like, as long as it's responsible, and you're not calling, talking stupidness, because then we're gonna have a problem. And when I mean stupidness, I'm talking about disrespectfulness. All right. I know all that sounds like a mean old man doing a radio show. <laughs> Who invites people to call in with all that? <laughs> I do. That's my throne. That's how I act on my throne. You know, my youth told me something one time. They were talking to one of my siblings. And they said, you know, Bob is the only person we've ever met who we've seen actually threaten a group of people with physical violence to have fun. And at the time, I ain't, I'm like, I didn't, because something happened. I was throwing a, uh, an event once and these fools was acting up. They had came through. And I basically had to get up and was like, yo, boom, 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 boom. You know, I've set this up for you to have a good time and to enjoy yourself and to commune and fellowship. But, you know, we turn this this thing into a whole nother thing. <laughs> you know, if you want to keep acting stupid. Now, so I suggest you just go over there and, and mingle and have some fun. And, you know, I said some other thing. I ain't saying all that on the air. And uh, they were like, who does that? Who threatens people to have fun? I guess I do, because even as I'm saying, I still don't see anything wrong with it. But hey, to each their own. <laughs> right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Again, the call in number is 515-605-9862. If you want to hit 
If you want to speak, just hit the number one. Not if you want to hit. Ain't that type of party. All right. This is another Chief Yuya PSA. Criticism and bashing. These are two words that are often used interchangeably in a divisive manner in order to discredit and suppress the logical feedback of another. To critique is to logically inform one about the actions or byproducts of something or someone. To bash is to maliciously attack an individual without basis. A critique is not an attack. A critique can be negative or it can be positive, but the purpose is to help one improve upon their work, conduct, culture, and any external projection or expression. Bashing serves no purpose other than to harm. Individuals who craftily claim the victimhood personality use the word bash as a dismissive response to valid criticism. A critique is intelligent and logical by nature. For example, informing someone that using an aggressive tone when addressing a group or writing something in a way that is illegible causes problems for themselves and others would represent a critique. That individual may choose outrage, offense, they may feign harm, or even they may choose to be discouraged as a result of that critique. However, they are not being bashed or abused as the critique is provided with rational basis that can be traced to a logical cause. To tell an individual that they did not handle a situation properly because they are dumb and you would have handled it differently yourself, being of superior pedigree, now moves us beyond criticism into egoic bashing, as it does not truly inform the one being spoken to of anything traceable or logical and only serves to promote the one speaking. Some will use the word bashing to lash out at criticism because of its implications of abuse and the power that the terms hold, but this does not make it so. Simply put, bashing addresses the individual and is meant to injure. Criticizing addresses the individual's actions and is meant to inform. Learn the games and then shut them down. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> and we're back. All right. We're here. We're talking. We're talking about a lot of stuff, obviously. Uh, but we're here on community. He's speaking to Chief Yuya. And again, let me say peace to everyone as well in the chat room. Brother Shaga, Sister Michelle, Yahweh177177, uh, NVS, the artist, uh, Vivid Eye Publications, Brother Anwar, of course, Brother Justin, Brother Haru, you know, Brother Pedro. I saw that question you asked, Brother Pedro. Uh, I didn't feel it was worthy of, of my time. Chief, does the word Yoruba have a specific specific meaning? Why was it not worthy of my time? Because that sounds like you didn't look it up for yourself first. It sounds like one of them questions. Somebody answered you anyway. But that's why I answered. I don't you think I was ignoring you. I was 
not answering to drop a hint. Do the research. <laughs> Do the knowledge. I'll tell you this, though. The word Yoruba is not an African word. Now, work with that. Peace, Sister Gloria, Sister Fase. All right. Um, and, of course, Sister Glenda spoke to you earlier. Brother Anthony, Brother Antonio, Orion, Brother Tareen in the house. And Madam Ma'at, of course, Brother Byron, T. Lee, uh, anybody else I miss. Sister Omega, she comes through steady. Sister Ma'at, Brother Joel, see you in, in, in space. Uh, Patrice, Sister Allison, I have to give out your, your I, I got your message, Sister Allison. She gave me her actual, um, that's the sister I told you does the, uh, the food. She's a, she's a baker. She's a bunch of stuff. She's an Oshun woman. So, you know, she's about 10 different things. But um, she does food and, and baked bake goods. And I feel like I'm going to say the word food again. And food. <laughs> and good food. Catered food. So, yeah, I, I'll, I'll try to pull up that message before we get off and share that. Sister Marva, Sister Empress, Sister Nicole, both the Nicoles, all in the Nicoles. <laughs> you know, peace to you all, man. And yeah, I saw what you said. Um, and no, that PSA was not brought to you by Barry White. <laughs> you got jokes? <laughs> Sister Tutu. Uh, um, it's a good cigar. Yeah, and I see what you said, Sister Michelle. I didn't say I wanted to snowball everybody in the class. I just said some people I wanted to uh, have a snowball fight with. Just some. Some of y'all are all right. Some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all need a snowball in your neck to go down in between your scarf and your jacket. You know, where you can't really get it out. Some of you, not all of you. You know. good cigar I like unladylike women who smoke cigars and go to the bathroom on the side of the road or the side of the street I had a first date some time ago it wasn't even a date we just linked up because I don't really do the date thing but um time with this sister first time we were together physically though and uh she had to go and i covered her while she went in the alleyway man it was so much liquid in that woman i mean i had to jump around it was spilling all out into the street you know like women like that though because she didn't look like she would do something like that real dainty looking just a yeah yeah real dainty looker <laughs> she was from Panama, Panamanian sister. Smoking cigars and, and urinating on the side of the street in Brooklyn. Yeah, more power to it. So anyway, so we, we were speaking about, um, you know, just self-actualization, this concept of like being woke, woke up, you know. And, and uh, oh, Pedro said, I did look it up. I thought it had more meaning to it. Mm. 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 Okay, if you say so. Nicole Gordon's about to, Nicole, your message got cut off. All I say all I see is cheap. I mean no disrespect, but I and it's oh you took it back. Okay. So I guess you were typing something happened while you were typing. 
But you know, so we were talking earlier, man, about um, what what awareness kind of really is, you know, and what being awakened actually and truly is, you know. And and I tell you, it, when you're conscious, it, this is what consciousness it really is, you know. And and, and of course, it, it's debatable. If you want to say that consciousness is something else to you, whatever, that's that's fine. But awareness is being aware of the real self. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You know, but it, it's, it goes beyond the emotions, the thoughts, the body cavity, um, even your auric field, things like that. But being aware of your real self is actually what awareness is, because that, that keys you into the awareness of everything else around you. You know what I'm saying? Um I know it sounds simple, but it's it's not because we, we spend our entire lives, many of us, trying to become self-aware, you know. Uh, but, you know, there's another aspect to the fake self. <laughs> like I said, we have the um, the creation of the of the awareness of self or the, or the real self with the sharing of that Akashic element or that Emmy or the sharing that Olodumare, any of your supreme intelligence um, bestows you with, you know, that kind of intelligence. But um, when you are unconscious, like when, like some people say, oh, you know, this one's not conscious. They're unconscious, this like that, you know. Um, sometimes we just say that when somebody says something we don't like, <laughs> you know, or if somebody seems to be completely maybe invested or integrated into a more dominant society will say they're unconscious. But, you know, the truth is being unconscious just means being asleep to your truest self or to your actual nature. That's what unconsciousness is. If, if you were to look at um, even in the animal kingdom, right, if you had a, a raccoon that didn't know it was a raccoon, you know, and it was maybe not utilizing the gifts and the faculties, faculties, basically faculties in nature mean the same thing, basically, but if it's not using the nature and the faculties of it as a raccoon, then you could say that's an unconscious raccoon. It's not aware of itself. So there's different things that we all come into the the planet with or come onto the planet with. There's different tools, faculties, you know, like you've heard me speak about talents before your talents are just your limbs your hands and your eyes. It's all the faculties and things that you utilize in order to um, have the indirect life experience. The indirect life experience is what you take into the somatic, your somatic faculties, or even your seven seals. You know, I did the show on the seven seals. We don't need to keep going back through that. But um, so, you know, being sleep to yourself in that sense is, is the, the hallmark of being unconscious. So a person can know a lot of different things and be well-informed and, and be highly trained, you know, um, up through the master's level, but be asleep to their actual true nature. Sometimes, in fact, the more training you receive, and it's really the point, is you, you take on or dig in or cultivate less of your actual nature. Understand, I'm making the distinction between training and educating. You see, I'm making that distinction. So... Um, sometimes we move through under underdeveloped or unaware. Okay. So that creates a false sense of self. And there's a lot of people who use that false sense of self um, 
and they sit it at the seat of their consciousness. Remember, consciousness even is transient. You know, consciousness is not necessarily your soul awareness. Conscious, you take on different consciousness. That's the concept of the Orisha, right? Ori, consciousness, sign, seat, select. So you can select different consciousness. But some people will, instead of putting their Ori or putting their guru nature or their, their supreme intelligence or that soul nature, that soul awareness at the center of their activities, they'll put the false selves at the, at the center. And the false self is asleep. It's snoring. <laughs> you know? It's snoring through the, through the entire uh, life experience in that sense. And um, the personal consciousness hasn't really unfolded. So it, it's almost like going through life and still turning around and saying, I'm inexperienced, you see, or being undeveloped in that sense. Um, because a lot of times people have very little um, processing with their external environment. So they just kind of go to sleep. You find sometimes people who are suffering from depression, they want to sleep all the time. Keep the windows, the shades closed, don't want to go outside, things like that. That That's a sign of a person being asleep to their truest nature. You see, getting to that true nature is like, I almost want to say it's everything. You know, which is one of the reasons why I, I stress self-actualization a lot more than doing a bunch of rituals. You know, but getting down to you, and of course that's the hardest part for many people because again they've sat that that sleeping giant is sitting in the center of their consciousness that's why you you look at stories like jack and the beanstalk you know they climb a beanstalk of course the beanstalk represents the spine you know the kundalini they get up to heaven quote unquote and uh there's a giant sleeping but then he wakes up right and he said i'm gonna kill you be five fool from i smell the blood of the englishman you know you know how it goes you know, but you have other stories like that as well. Even if you look at the Cyclops story and, and the Odyssey, you know, and they go into the cave and he's sleeping. You know, so again, it it represents, and Cyclops, of course, is a giant, and you know, and whenever you hear that or see that Cyclops in your mythology, it's talking about the pineal. It's talking about your first eye awareness. Well, the first eye is sleep, you see, or the giant that, that exists in, in the heavens is asleep. So it's it's the same thing, you know. Um, when we're creating that false self, there's something, <laughs> there's this huge giant that could become this huge megalithic uh, presence in our lives that's sleeping inside of our heads. And there's certain things that may wake us, wake it up. You know, there's certain activation like climbing the beanstalk, making noise. You know, so that means coming up to that higher self and saying, "Hey," and shaking it, saying, "Wake up." You know, um, or sometimes even establishing a concept of an outer model that we can say, okay, that's, that's, you know, that may be self-actualization. That's where I want to be. And then trying to develop our own concept of an outer model that can fit, of an inner model, excuse me, that can fit the outer model. But sometimes people get caught up on that outer model. They'll take on the look of consciousness, which changes so frequently that it's really not even worth trying to take on that look. Now, of course, there's an aesthetic that may come along depending on what you're conscious about. You know, absolutely. But I can tell you some of the, the most profound people I've ever met, you know, look darn near invisible, <laughs> you know, in, in terms of how they presented themselves and in terms of their aesthetic, in terms of their external projection and presentation, you know. Um, 
But what happens to when you let that giant sit in the middle of your head, you start to live in what's called a virtual existence. You see, because you sleep now. So if you sleep, what, what you, you know, you're dreaming. So life becomes not a vision, but it becomes a dream. You see, it, it's not a vision. Is, is different. You know, it's in alignment with soul is sharing. It's going to come to manifest a dream. You're just meandering throughout a fantasy world because you're asleep. You know, so that that's the other side of that piece that we were speaking about. Um, and what happens is inside or within our own body structure, our two images or ideas of reality. They don't link together. You know, they don't align with each other. There's no mating of the two or matching of the two you know something to think about I see brother Jeremiah says lol my girl just peed in a jar a couple of weeks ago on the side of the road All right, she sounds like a keeper (laughs) she left it I was joking but serious about yeah keep it I don't know if she left it though yeah well next time you just (laughs) next time hold a jar for her (laughs) Hopefully she has some good aim. You don't end up making a big mess. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, sometimes you got to get a little funky with it, man. Get down and dirty. You know, um, remember, we're existing outside of time and we're existing outside of human morality. We're going to the outer rims of, of our understanding, you know, the outer rims of our perception. Don't lock into the grid, you know, don't lock into the grid of anything, man, you know. Um, we all have so many different aspects to us that we choose to distort and um, we choose to color so that other people can accept it. And, you know, that's death on so many levels. You keep, you keep the giant asleep when you do that. Like me saying, yeah, I like girls, who, you know, smoke a cigar. Should they, nah, they shouldn't be smart. It's unladylike. But unla- unladylike based on, on whose standard? Well, maybe it is a little unladylike, but so what? <laughs> you know, so what? Break, you know, you do different things to push beyond each day, and that allows you to take on more experiences. The more experience you take on, the more you can construct a mental model of um, how things will be in your life. And that's really what it's about. It's about constant modeling. You know, we, we gradually and slowly construct that mental model, you know, and what it does is it, is it brings complexity to our life. You know, it, but it brings a good complexity. You know, and then the inner model begins to, to match the outer model. You know, check out the the movie Inception. I know it's an older movie at this point, but um, it kind of it, it explains that a little bit more in terms of the the modeling in that sense. You know, but you know when we base our center on a virtual reality or virtual world, um, a lot of times we're using that virtual reality as a buffer. Um, so that we don't have anything significant that comes in and shakes up the ego. You know, like, uh, I knew someone years ago. Uh, she would always speak about how happy she was. But I could see the pain in her eyes. It's almost like, anybody remembers, I know this is a long time ago, but Tupac, Shakur. You know, you could always see how hurt he was in his eye. He'd be laughing. He'd be drunk out of his mind. He's always drunk, you know, which was a sign of something. But he'd be laughing and stuff on tracks, but... It almost sounded like he he would flip into a cry any moment, you know. It, 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 so you can kind of see the 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 pain inside someone's laughter 
or the pain inside someone's someone's eyes. And sometimes they use certain things, false things, to create a buffer so they won't get shaken up. You know, Shasta says, Chief, have you ever heard of people breaking themselves down to analyze themselves better? Breaking yourselves down isn't analyzing analyzing yourself. So maybe I need maybe I need more on that question to get to get a better understanding of what you're saying. But breaking analyzing and breaking something down is synonymous with one another. That's why Ogun, you hear me always say he's the energy of analyzation. He's acidic because he breaks things down. You know, so and in order to do that, sometimes it's like the word implies, you gotta break, you gotta crack things up. You know, in order to break through the through the false um, illusion, the false self. False selves get strong because they're usually made out of some form of psychic concrete. You know, because you know it's your greater self, you're more you're more fluid. There's more fluidity. Um, there's more receptivity because you're an explorer. You're flowing. You know, and but your outer ego, the structure of your outer ego starts to grow stronger and stronger. And what it does is it grows around all of your false beliefs. So you essentially have to crack all the, the false egoic statues to find out if the real thing is inside. It's almost like Bruce Lee in the game of death. You know, no, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't the game of death. That was Enter the Dragon, where he's on the island and he's fighting a dude and, you know, he's in different mirrors and he had to break each mirror to figure out which one was actually him. But what is a mirror? A false reflection. YouTube is gone. I'm not on YouTube. You sure, brother? It looks like I still am. Let me see. Maybe it's breaking up real bad. Give me a second, everyone. You know I got to do my little, my little magic. Let's see if I come back. I think it may be freezing on YouTube. Oh, you think that's you? Okay. Well, just, you know, let me know if anything changes. Mine is out, too. I'm also getting nothing. All right. Good on this side. Nope, it's gone. All right. Some people can hear me, but some people can't hear me. Um, all right. I'm going to talk. I think Blog Talk is still on. Andrea says it's gone. So some are saying it's gone. Some are saying it's not. It's out on this side. All right. But I know there's a delay. Let me see. Let me give it a couple of seconds. See if I come back on YouTube. Am I back? Am I back? Am I back? No? Okay. Let me try something else. Let me do this. And let me do this. And then let's see. Am I back? Am I back? Give it a couple of seconds. I don't know why it would go out. I guess it does. Okay. It's blank. Never mind, it's blank now. I think blank means back. Never mind, it's back now. I think that's what you're saying. Uh, I'll wait till one other person says it before I start talking some more. Alright, nobody's telling me it's back except for Brother Antonio. But he also said it was good. Uh-oh. Somebody... <laughs> Oops, my big knuckles pushed the screen before I was done. Okay. Yeah, but I still don't know if y'all can hear me on YouTube. Come on, y'all gotta let me know something. No, it's still down. I want to say it's still down. What the? YouTube never goes out for this long. All right, let me try something again. Can't hear. 
I'm not sure why you can't hear on YouTube, everyone. Um, usually it doesn't go out this long, and everything that's on my side on YouTube is telling me that I'm still, I'm still on and playing. So I'm thinking it's a YouTube freeze. We are still on Blog Talk. I'm sorry, everyone. Just give me a moment. I don't want. I see some questions in the chat room, but I don't want to start answering anything until I know that everyone can hear me. So just give me one second. All right. Let me. Uh, I'm changing some of the settings around. Hopefully that will uh, that will help us out a little bit. Uh, let me just do this. Please be patient, everyone. Please. All right. And then now let's just do this. Look around you, black child. Your creation is everywhere. Though painted, distorted, and given new names, they bear your prints just the same. So sharpen your eyes. Tune your ears so you know what you see. Understand what you hear. You were the first to write, the first to read. Humanity sprang from your black seed. For 160,000 years, you were here all alone. Then the Caucasian was born, behind the ice, inside the cold. A chill set in this new man's soul. Other minds have been credited with the things that he's learned from you. Newton, Kepler, Pythagoras, and Galileo, too. Sharpen your eyes, tune your ears, so you know what you Understand what you hear You made the serpent the symbol of the healing arts With African justice was goddess Ma'at Who weighed herself against the African soul Truth and justice blindfold The George Washington monument is yours too Just a copy of the African Tekanu The symbol of the black world's powers of creation The black man's penis and divine procreation The king of southern Egypt wore white crown Keep listening You'll catch your mouth when you learn that the central government in Egypt was known as the White House. Sharpen your eyes, tune your ears so you know what you see, understand what you hear. Your god Osiris was restored to life long before Buddha, long before Christ. And that what you call the Madonna and child is but the first black family worship long the night. And when you get the spirit, the feeling, or the Holy Ghost, you should know that it started at Abydos, where God Osiris' body was laid, the Holy Land where Africans prayed. Minute by minute, hour by hour, as you lose your history, you lose your power. So sharpen your eyes, tune your ears, so you know what you see, understand what you hear. All right, everyone. I don't know if I think I'm pretty sure Blog Talk is still working. But I see everyone kind of <laughs> everyone jumped over to Blog Talk. Um, I don't know if YouTube just conked out on me or not. Um, but please definitely let me know if you hear anything as of yet. If not, then we might just have to shut it down early. All right. Um, try one more thing. I'm hearing somebody saying it sounds, it looks like it's buffering. Okay. Yes, blog talk is clear. Blog talk is working. What about YouTube? Still nothing? You know, one thing too I noticed about the YouTube feed is that sometimes it will go out and then what will happen is it will 
it will still record. It was st- still nothing on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know what that's about, man. So uh, if you want to keep listening, let me put the phone number in the room. 515-605-9862. So, um, and again, I apologize for the delay, everybody. Um, yeah, you, my, even my connection is bugging out on YouTube a little bit. I think they're having some issues. But um, if you want to listen, just call in on Block Talk, all right, before we kind of close out. I'm going to try to bring the YouTube back up again. Uh, yeah, YouTube is, I don't know, it's acting funny. Everything's frozen up. Like I say, usually YouTube doesn't give me issues. It's usually blog talk. It's, acts real funny. Uh, y'all hear all this clicking around, just trying to see if I can get us up and running again. Um, if they tell me I'm I'm cool on YouTube, good. If not, then we'll just rock blog talk. All right. And I'm just going to keep the YouTube going because one thing, like I said, I've noticed is that sometimes even when I get those messages from people and they say that they can't hear me, uh, YouTube is still recording the show. Uh, all this all this technology is young. <laughs> it's all young. So a lot of it doesn't work as well as promised. But at least for YouTube, I can say it's free. So, you know, it's free for me, too. The, the blog talk is a different story, but, you know, it's free. So how much how much could you really complain sensibly? You know, it's somewhat free. So anyway, so I'm still on, on blog talk, so we'll keep it going over here. I think the YouTube is still not... Because I see all everybody's coming off of the YouTube, so I guess everything is still jacked up over there. Whatever. <laughs> That's why we have redundancy. I'm always broadcasting on two different places at one time, and then I usually also have a recording going in the background at the same time. You know, just so that yes, yep, my YouTube it keeps crashing. Um. Something over on this side or that side. Maybe my application. Something keeps crashing over here on my YouTube side. I don't know if it's because of them or because of me. All right. Hopefully everyone can hear me on Blog Talk without a hitch. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm not going to worry about YouTube at this point. In fact, I might just shut that one down. So I'll leave it open just for a minute so the chat room is open. But everyone who's on YouTube, I suggest you um, come on and over to come on over to Blog Talk, all right? Because I don't think YouTube is going to give us any any more love tonight. I think we've reached our quota, all right? Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just clicking stuff around for a second. If anybody wants to speak, just hit the number one, all right? That going. I think YouTube is still off anyway. <laughs> YouTube shut my whole job down. <laughs> That's never happened before on YouTube. All right, well, it's the first time for everything, I guess. Um, there was a question in the chat room. 
Soto Tutu, Sututu have put in. Oh, she retracted it. Okay. <laughs> so I guess she doesn't want to ask that question right now. All right, cool. No problem. All right, so you know what? It's clear. Uh, clear where? Clear on YouTube? YouTube is back. You see this nonsense? You see this nonsense? <laughs> okay, I'm back on YouTube now. All right, so it is what it is. I'm going to lost my whole train of thought. <laughs> Clicking around and playing with this mess. Hopefully it'll stay up because it, it kept going down and up. I think YouTube was probably um, just maybe they they got backed up. They might have been buffering the servers in my area. That could be it because that does happen, you know. So hey, it is what it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think yeah, I'm trying to get back to my my train of thought. And I like I said, I saw questions in the chat room. They were retracted, but you know, feel free to ask away. Um, chat room or blog talk, either one is fine. But um, yeah, so you know, we were speaking about. Uh, is this a question? I'll read it. I don't know. I do smoke cigars. Sister Marva says I do smoke cigars sometimes, and my male friend saw me smoking in the video chat with him and shouted out, "You are looking to get cancer now." What spirit told you to smoke something that would kill you? Yeah, well, he's right. <laughs> They're not the most the most healthy uh, thing, you know. So, could be some truth to that, you know. Guess he's looking out for you or something. But if he's saying what spirit told you to smoke that, I, I'm 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 guessing he may not. I guess he's not a part of this tradition, per se. <laughs> to say something like that, I guess I don't know. Um, I guess it would, you could say you know, maybe the same spirit that told you. When y'all having afternoon services at the church to load up on butter beans and fried chicken and white rice in between services, same spirit. But um, no, let me not say that's that's messed up. He's probably looking out for your health. Uh, all right, so I'm just gonna go through some. I don't know if they're questions or not, but I'm I'm just gonna go through them. Continue on. So Sister Shasta says I've been on a self improvement journey for some years. First few years, I only saw a sensitive and reckless, and a reckless one. But after I started writing what I heard when quiet, there was another sober-minded one. I can't fully describe. So I guess you're talking about a spirit that you saw, or you're talking about a part of yourself. I don't know. But um, yeah, it takes time, man. You know what I mean? It, t- it takes time. You know, to really again come to that place where you're more aware of your actual self, and you're not. Functioning from the false self, which was kind of similar to what I think it was Sister Sasha who said earlier. A lot of people walk around, you know, making decisions based on their pain, you know, and not necessarily basing it on what's being said. It's very similar to the PSA that you just heard. I'm sure a lot of you ignored, but we're gonna play it again. That's why I got pre-recorded PSAs. I'm gonna drill this into you. You're gonna get this. Y'all gonna get this work. You know. Um, there's a lot of people who have learned to use some of the faculties of a sick society to avoid waking up. So you start saying something that doesn't feel comfortable to them, and they'll say things like, "Oh, you, you're bashing. Why are you bashing?" You know, of course, honestly, you hear that a lot between relationships between men and women, male bashing, female bashing, and or female abuse, male abuse, and you know, people kind of learn to throw these statements around, or these words and terms around because they know the power. That they have. As soon as you say abuse, it's like oh, such and such was abusive. Oh, 
you know, it kind of just shuts everything down. But that's what I'm saying. When you take put on your Illuminati, Illuminati helmet, you got to see through the smoke and mirrors. You know, just like I said in the PSA, if, if someone is criticizing you, they're not bashing you. You know, you criticize to inform. And, and you typically don't criticize a person. You criticize their actions. But, of course, people will... Um, They'll try to they'll try to lash out in certain ways and apply certain definitions that don't apply. But you know when you're being critical, you're expressing something with an intelligent thought path. So if you say, well, you know, you, this was done wrong or that was done wrong, you know, you have people who differ who listen different ways. You know, like I had to t- I had to tell someone that recently, man. He got he got all huffy and puffy about it, try to poke his chest out like a gorilla. I said, hey, man, you can't do nothing to me, man. Go sit your, go sit down. And um, I was saying something, and he was like, you know, well, I feel like you're trying to say this. And I said, man, first of all, I don't try to say anything. I, I, I know I communicate well, so I don't struggle to say things. What I'm saying is what I'm saying. Don't try to diminish it, diminish it by saying I'm trying to say something. That's real slick. And he said, and then I said, then you're talking about you feel, because he came at me like all oh, funny and hostile, and it wasn't even type of discussion but it was something that he had to be responsible for and and I said and on top of that like he's like why can't you say it like this you're saying it that's another like little trick people do I can't receive it if you said it this way is it true or not you see an immature female listens that way in particular immature listen to two words because then somebody will leave a comment and say you said women listen to didn't say that an immature female listens emotionally a matured woman doesn't do that but an immature female will listen to things emotionally and say things like well if you said it like this i would do it if you said it like that uh uh-uh. see we're functioning from from two different paradigms you know as a man i'm going to speak logic now you may not like how so that's the thing like we so and i spoke about that recently when i was talking about music nowadays you listen to the artist, man. That time you can't tell if you listen to a, a male or a female. So when you hear a man like me speak, it, it people don't like how it sounds. It sounds too punchy. I'm talking to sound like you hitting me. <laughs> Your voice is too strong and punchy. You see, because you, you're used to that sweet stuff. So even a lot of times, teachers take on that same persona. You know, some of that they get through through those Hindi guru masters, quote unquote, and I use that term sarcastically. And they have to talk like this because there is awareness all around us. If you would only close your eyes, not open them, but close them to the gross matter and physical representations of Maya that exist all around you, you would be able to receive the true beauty that the world is trying to show you and has been showing you since you were a very young child. The world has always embraced you through a perception of beauty. You see? So they take on those personas. They think that's how you're supposed to talk when you become conscious. (laughs) So if you sound different than that, it's like, oh, 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 men, man, man, it's too much man, you know, and we all have our own way of expressing, of course, you know, but um, a lot of times we, we, we hold back and we filter 
because we're afraid of how people are going to receive it. Because, and that's a, that's a sign when I was speaking earlier and I said to Sister Michelle, yeah, we do live in a feminized environment. We're in an Amazonian society because the moment a man sticks his head up to do something, he's punished. When real manhood comes forth, it, it's usually punished. It's ostracized and punished. Why can't you say it like this? Because I'm a man. I don't talk like that. Why are you listening emotionally? Why are you not listening to the content? But you're, you're, you're too focused on the emotional delivery. And really, the emotional delivery is only the emotions that you're choosing to conjure up based on what you're hearing. So you're going to make me sound like a monster when you repeat it back. You said I was that. that, that. <laughs> I had someone do that to me recently. You said I was that. I said, don't even talk like that. That's Popeye. I don't talk like Popeye. I talk like you, yeah. You're making Popeye's voice and making that my voice. <laughs> Listening emotionally. We ain't going to get anywhere like that. So now everything has to be presented to us in a way where it's soothing and stroking our somatic desires. It's making us feel a certain way because we're so embedded and anchored to the false self. And the false self, again, like I said, can be created through thoughts. The false, the false perception of self can be created through our emotions. It can be created through um, what we touch, you know, our, our tactile senses, um, through our beliefs. You know, all of these different things can create a false anchoring of self. So when someone speaks to us, they have to feed that false self. When they speak to us with truth, because it doesn't really matter how truth comes as long as it comes, right? Who's going to turn Oya away because she comes in a hurricane or because she comes in a storm cloud? Moses went up there and talked to her, messed around and turned his hair white, but he got that truth. Came back with them tablets and was like, all right, we're ready to rock. She gave, she gave me the 42 declarations of my aunt. Let's do this now. You see? And it was scary to climb that mountain and look at a storm cloud. But he had to go talk to Oya. You know, so it's the same thing, same thing for people who are really trying to stick their head out from over the herd and from over the crowd. They're not going to be so so focused on listening to things emotionally or taking in things emotionally and looking for that emotional feeding. They're not looking to get high in that sense. You know, that's why churches are recession proof. Churches, beauty salons, beauty supply, recession-proof. They never go out of business, no matter what the economy is doing, because people want to feel good and they want to look good. They're stuck on that. They've anchored themselves into that. We went to church. We had a good time in the Lord. What did Pastor talk about? I don't know, but it was good. It was good, all right. The spirit came down. Yeah. What did you learn? Hmm. Ah, well, we learned a lot of things. You ain't learned nothing. You was so up in there dancing, break dancing. You know, that's all you was doing. We want to feel good. We want to look good, but we don't want to be good. So, you know, a lot of times when when that type of information is coming forth and it's coming forth in a way that we don't we can't dictate and control because it's not really feeding the, the, the layers of false ego it's cracking that stone encasement around the false self and it's revealing the true nature of what's really there, which is leading us closer to the solidification of our awareness of self, we get upset. We don't want to hear it that way. Why can't he talk like this? Well, I've heard people talk about other speakers. They say, well, that one curses, curses too much for me. Get over it. Honestly, come on, man, get over it. 
Yo, I'm gonna go wherever I need to go to get to get what I need for liberation. I've said that to you before. If I found out that the KKK had a superior system for liberation that they only shared amongst KKK, you don't think I'd I'd disguise myself and, and put a hood on and go to one of the, the rallies? Yeah, I know that's another thumbs down. That that earned me at least probably two thumbs down. <laughs> he talking crazy talk now, right? He talking liberation talk. You're talking that, you know, by any means necessary talk. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times we just want things in a certain way. And and like uh, Baba El-Hajj Malik Shabbat said, you know, you don't want to bleed. You get, you don't want to cut yourself open. You're trying to keep the nice encasement of what you are, the sterility of your ego, you know, and you got to bleed for a revolution. Revolution is just regular turning where things are spinning and spiraling to. But you're going to have to crack yourself open because... And trying to avoid that and trying to avoid going into the depths of your being because you don't want to stir up any of your repressed hurts or your fears or any of your, your repressed ideas of, of inadequacy. Um, it keeps you from really having that conversation with Olokun. You know, it keeps you have it keep it keeps your awareness on the periphery of you and not at the center. I just spoke about recent. I remember a show. But, you know, sometimes if, if you look at, it, at the model of like a circle, concentric circles, even if you look at the symbol of the sacred Odu, Irosu, Meji, Oshun Sings, right? Or the Ire of Oshun, the fortune of Oshun, you see a dot symbolized, it's symbolized by a dot with two circles around it. The circle is in the middle. It's not pushed to the right corner, or the northern corner or the lower corner or anything like that. It's sitting in the center. That's the awareness, the consciousness. Now, you go to Kemet, you got the same symbol for Ra, circle with a dot in the middle of it, representing, again, that balancing point, where we center and where we hold that. You see, and everything, so essentially the universe revolves around you. Your perceptual universe, it revolves around you. Everything goes around that circle, you see. But so many people are like, the circle is where, again, everything that's repressed is lying at. We don't want to go there, so we, we, we keep we keep that on the periphery and we put the programmed ego in the middle of the circle so that way the programmed ego can function with all of its default reactions. That's like when I said in the PSA. Someone starts teaching us, criticizing us, because we need destruct, destructive and constructive criticism. And what do we say? Oh, you're bashing me. You're abusing me. Ain't nobody bashing you. You don't even know what the damn, you don't even know the darn word means. You just, that's just an egoic default reaction to say that. Or like someone saying to me, you're, you're a sexist. Do you even know what a sexist is? You're misogynistic. You're a male. So what, do you even know what those words mean? Probably not. And I, and I can say probably not because I know I am a sexist. And I would say I am a male chauvinist. Yeah, I'd say that. Misogynistic mm, That's a stretch That's a stretch But if if I have this ideation That certain gender assignments Do certain things and there's a role in place For everyone I don't see that as inherently being a problem To me that's an issue of respect You know Sometimes we confuse What our um, 
you know, we take a lot of things in terms of the masculine representation, and that becomes the pinnacle archetype for everyone on the planet, male and female alike. You know, I was speaking to someone recently, I don't remember, it might have been a reading or something, but we were talking about being an alpha. And a lot of women think they're an alpha because they act like men or they act like males. And they think that that's alpha status. So they'll say, well, I'm a warrior and I do this and I do that and I don't take any crap. And I'm always the leader whenever the situation I'm called to be the leader. So they say, due to that, I'm an alpha. No, that's an alpha man. That's not an alpha woman. But see, we, we, we think that that's the model of power, whatever a man is doing. And I know people like to say, well, this is what this, that's what this society shows us. But I thought she was conscious. So why you keep referencing this society? Thought you was conscious. Thought you was woke. <laughs> so the, the representation of an alpha man and the representation of an alpha woman are two, they're two totally different things. Because that's two individuals who have extended to their gender assignment, to the, to the, to the far reaches of their gender assignment. An alpha woman is going to look more like Yemonja. The fullness of Yemonja. An alpha man is going to look more like Ogun. The fullness of Ogun. You see, these are the energies that really typify womanhood or typify manhood. They're going to extend far in those different directions. Not, well, they're both going to be Shango because he's the leader, he's the king. So I'm the queen, I'm a leader too, so I'm an alpha. Not necessarily, no. You see, that's what I'm saying. There's certain default reactions that were given by egoic programming and um, it's bad news bears. <laughs> I'm going to go to a question. Sister Koya, Sequoia says, Peace family, I've been listening on blog talk, soaking in the wisdom. My question is, once we break down those false beliefs, will we come into more of our Osun connected with the Ori state of consciousness? Once we break down the false beliefs. Yeah. Eventually, yeah, but it's it's a process, you know. Again, it's like it's like saying this, and I know it may sound a little, little funny, but it's like saying this. It's like saying, so you telling me if I clean up and take a shower, I'll be able to get a mate. Yeah, but shouldn't you kind of want to clean up and take that shower anyway? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it be? Should it should it not be conditional in that sense? So breaking down false beliefs shouldn't be condi- conditional. You should just, there should be no reason why you hold a false belief. No reason at all. Sometimes that's a sickness that we get into, especially in relationships. I've had sisters tell me that years ago. Well, why should I change this and change that if you don't want to be with me anyway? You should change it and change that because that's a problem that you have. Don't do it for me. You know. So it's it's kind of the, the same thing there, but that's just you shouldn't be holding false beliefs anyway because it's it's harmful, it's unhealthy. You know, you you lose your conscious fluidity and, and your conscious dynamics. You see, you lose the quality, you lose all of those essential qualities that you have inside of you that are a reflection of the soul. They're not there when you're connected and locked into um, that 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 idea of the false self. Okay. Yahweh 177177 asks, why is the ego considered to be wrong or negative? I'll let somebody else answer that. 
because you you were talking real greasy to me last time we had a segment. So I'm, I'm gonna put you on ice for a little while. I'll let somebody answer that question, especially because then I've already answered it. In fact, I think there's pictures and slideshows where I've talked about the ego. Yeah, but you were talking greasy. And let me let everybody know, Yahweh one seven seven one seven seven used up your monthly quota for F U C K E R Y. Okay, she used up the quota. You know how, how I am sometimes. Sometimes I let people go crazy, and I just eh, laugh it off. And other times I bite that head off. She used up the quota. I I I, I put an energy ration every month for nonsense. She used it up. So y'all could thank her, <laughs> but y'all could answer that question. I shouldn't even have to answer that at this point. We've talked about that one so much, man. But you know. Yeah. Ego works on automation. Do you want to be a, a, a automaton, or do you want to be one who's walking and functioning? Ninety seconds. I'll go over a little bit because I know we had that little YouTube faux pas. Um, but you know, again, like I said, I was speaking about the creation of the real self um, and and the creation of the false self. She says, "Oh, I'm on punishment now. That's cool." Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. Um, <laughs> and no, sister, you're not on punishment. I said ice. You know, and maybe somebody should really teach you about the ego. I think it will help you. I think it would be a good thing. You know, someone who knows their value. And who is and who is aware of themselves is only going to allow with so many different things to happen. Even though we may play it off, that question comes up a lot. A lot of people always ask me that, Bob. How do you deal with people coming at you disrespectful and this and that and that and that? And that? I get that question all the time. In fact, uh, brother Dietrich may be listening. I got to get back to you on that. He asked me something similar surrounding that. <laughs> you know, I deal with that question a lot. People wonder how you kind of deal with it but you know there's a there's a time okay good now she's not gonna come back there's a time and place for things you know and number one and number two uh in certain places i don't deal with it certain place like i'll give you a good example i was watching this Canadian show today uh earlier today while i was working and it was a they were having this this open panel discussion but they had like calling it was a, it was a tv segment but they were having people who could call in and speak right so they were having this disagreement about when was the right age, or when is the right age for someone to get married, right? So they're speaking about, you know, from a custom standpoint and this and that. And then, of course, you know, going to the Bible and, you know, they're going to do that. And callers were calling and saying, I agree, I don't agree, this or that or that, giving criticism, right? <laughs> Didn't the sister calls and I could tell who was, who was diaspora because she sounded like she was straight from the Bronx. And she was like, First of all, I don't know where you get this guy from. She was talking about one of the panel hosts, you know, and she just described him by what he was wearing. The guy with the purple tie on. Now, he's on the show all the time. She said, I hear him on this show all the time. So she didn't have respect enough to even remember the man's name. And then she comes onto the show insulting him. And everyone on the panel, you could see like the the horror in their face. They just kind of like pull back and was like, 
you know, why she expressed whatever she was expressing, which was really just a barrage of insults. You know, he trying to say this, but that don't even make no sense. Where are you getting that from? It, you know, just going off. And as I'm watching, I'm almost laughing to myself because I'm saying, you see, that's America. That's that American sickness right there, right there. And a lot of times we need to travel outside of America. And some, for some of us, just travel outside of New York <laughs> to see sometimes how sick we are in the head. You know, so when certain people come at you with certain things, they don't understand how far. Like, you could see in their faces how far off that sister was. You And, and the guy's a pastor. So you coming on, you're insulting him, you're bashing and abusing him. Because what's he going to really do? You're on the phone. See, another sign of an effeminized society, because as men, we can't even respond like we normally would. He can't tell her to shut the F up. and so He can't do any of that. So he had to crack a little joke and say, okay, well, you know. But you find that even on the internet, people will, will not even introduce themselves and just start giving you, you know, just start bashing you or insulting you or, or who don't even know you, you know. So to answer that question for a lot of you have asked it, I know how to put things in perspective. That's how you preserve your energy. You know, you got to learn how to put things in perspective, in, into perspective and you have to be in tune with your culture. Key. So you know what things are personal to you and what things are just like flying by, you know, like driving down the road and, and hearing somebody go off in their car about something, you don't know what you're talking about. Just keep going. You know, you walking down the street and somebody says something funny. Just keep going. Cause you got nothing to do with me. And individuals who come at me like that or who are rude or disrespectful to me. What y'all don't realize is that I cut you off internally. I'll crack jokes and all that, but you, you, you're damn near dead to me. Unless you wake yourself up through this teaching I'm giving you and then come back on your goddamn knees and apologize for disrespecting me like that. That's how I function. Now, I know that's, that's, that's at least another two or three thumbs down on this video. <laughs> but see, I, I know what I am. I know my value as a man. I know my purpose. I know my privilege and my place. And just because other people are too ignorant to see that doesn't mean that I take on that, I, that external ideology. See, that's, that's rooting yourself in the false self because you're rooting yourself in your experiences. And then they begin to drain you because you can't, there's, there's no feeding that happens. There's no equal exchange there when someone is, is attacking you because they have no, because they're insane. They have no sense of culture. They have no sense of decency. They have no sense of decorum. I don't have those issues. So, so that's your thing. Now, I'll give you some information, but I know when to step off to and say, you know what? F you. Stay here and die then with, with the rest of the fools. So, you know, I know it sounds very harsh, and these are the ideas that I keep inside of my head most of the time. And what you hear, the part that you hear is just me laughing. <laughs> and me saying, all right, okay. <laughs> all right, you got that. But what I'm saying inside of inside is stay in hell, mother F. Stay in hell. You're going to disrespect me like that. I'm a father. Who the hell you think you're talking to? And I'm a man. You see? So sometimes we're so far from our actual real culture, our true culture, man, that, you know, we don't know how to interact with people. And then when people interact with us funny, we don't really know how to respond because we're not rooted in our, in our true nature. You know? And again, like I, like, 
Sister Michelle's question, you know, yeah, we are in an Amazonian society. Because as a man, everything I just said is going to get, is people are going to be upset about that. Because I'm saying I have self-respect. What is self-respect? I see myself. I see myself. And I have decency and I have decorum. And that's a requirement for anybody who wants to have a conversation with me. You ain't got to kiss my behind or nothing like that. You you know, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I'm laid back and all of that. But a simple thing like this, I'm going to show you something a lot, of, a lot of even sisters do. Because, again, the society, the programming. You know, because when I speak about this, I'm not saying that this is your true nature. I'm saying this is where you got caught out there. Yes, this is that as soon as they talk to you, as soon as they open their mouths, they start trying to teach you something. Well, brother, what you really need to look at, well, how you need to look at it, brother. In my mind, and sometimes even verbally, depending on the environment, I'm like, shut the F up. Who the hell are you trying to teach? Stay in your position. Learn something. Because half the time you're saying something that only makes sense. Because you you out of pocket. I did that. I played a joke like that once on the sister, and the joke lasted so long I was almost sad. She was she's a she's a chef, and we we, we were together for a while. But one of like the first phone calls we had, we, she was talking about something about food, and I said, "Well, how do you?" I can't remember what I said. She was making something something wrapped in grape leaves, but I'm joking, and I'm saying, "Well, how do you make yours?" And she described, and I was like, oh, that's all wrong. You don't make it like that. You got to, and I'm just making up stuff while I'm talking. I'm like, you got to soak it in this one first. Then you got to beat it down with a cleaver and, you know, and, and she was like, oh, okay, well, um, I guess I'm going to have to try that. But she was dead. It wasn't, she wasn't being dismissive. And I was like, no, 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 wait, 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 sister, I'm joking. I'm just playing. I was like, no, that's not my place. That's your place. I, you know. Nourishment is not my department. That's your department. I was just playing with you. She was like, oh, she's like, I really was going to try. And that's when I was like, she ain't got too much on the cap. But, you know, sometimes we're so far from our center and our root that we don't even understand when we're disrespecting or when we're being disrespected. You know, when we're being disregarded, when we're being discredited and how damaging it actually can be. You know, you got you have some women who who grew up as little girls in homes and no one ever gave a crap about anything they was into. Never got validation inside of the confines of, of those who loved them. And, and people didn't know how damaging that was. You know, your daughter brings you, maybe she's playing around with some grass or something. Like one of my youth used to like to braid grass. And she had this thing where she was like, I'm going to choose to make these bracelets out of grass. You know, and I'm like, all right, well, that's going to dry up. And, you know, but I never said that. I'd be like, yeah, this is beautiful, baby. Maybe this is a business we could go into and we can we can sell these. We can braid grass and, you know, all excited. Yeah. Now, of course, it phases, you know, after a while, she stopped doing it. She got into something else, you know, but you got to you got to build them up in that sense. You know, you don't you don't disinvalidate. Sometimes we don't realize how damaging certain things are. We make certain stale compromises. You know, I, I worked on a job years ago. The reason I left IT, there were certain things going on in that environment. I remember one day, there was something happened at a job I was at. And um, I said, if I come in here tomorrow, I'm going to be less than what I am and not in a good way. And I felt it. I felt it through every bone in my body. 
If I come back in here tomorrow and deal with one more day of this, it's a situation I've been dealing with for a while, and I had started to pull out a lot of my slickery, hiding information. You know, I, I was I was a network engineer at this particular company, so I was responsible for wiring everything. Well, not I didn't actually do the physical wiring, but designing, architecting all of the wiring and getting, you know, connecting everything together, how many servers we were going to buy, and printers and scanners and even a the ID bag, you know, all that stuff that really building the whole technical infrastructure for the actual organization and all of its satellite offices. And, you know, you're supposed to document all that stuff as you're going in case you're not there or whatever. And I, and I was keeping all the documents secret. Then I had two sets of documents where I had the wrong passwords and one set of documents and that's the ones I was giving them. And then I had, all, you know, all kind of slick stuff and just to hold on to some little funky job. You know, and one day I said, man, if I if I do what I'm doing one more day, I'm going to be less of a man, less than the man I am today. And that next day I came in and I said, I resigned, you know, came in with I remember they were looking at me funny because I used to wear, you know, suit, tired of work every day. And I had on this jean suit outfit and I had on a silly hat and a box cutter stuck in the side of my hat. You know, like basically how I would be on the street. You know, I had all the pair of Tim's and I just came in with my laptop and my phone and everything under my arm. And I just put it on the head of HR, just put it on her desk. I was like, yeah, I, I resign. And she's like, what about your exit interview? Nah, 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 I don't need nothing. You got to do the exit. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm out. You know, and I don't even care if you keep the last picture. I can't do, I'm not doing this one more day. That was after being in the IT field for 11 years. So, Sometimes when you're in tune like that, you're in tune of those pivotal transcendental moments that's going to, you know, damage you. And it's going to take many years for you to um, get back. And then you're aware of those moments when, um, you know, you're going to make some pivotal choices that's going to allow you to, to really catapult to the next step. Brother Darrell said that they call security. No, nah, they didn't call security because I'm smooth with mine. <laughs> No, I'm smooth about mine, man. I didn't, I didn't come in there. I didn't kick the door in. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, or nothing like that. You know, I just came in quietly. My thing was always, you know, come in like a gentleman, you leave like a gentleman. Because I, I used to bounce around. That's that's how I rose so high in IT so quickly. Because I had no loyalty whatsoever. You know, but I was good at faking it. So I never stayed anywhere much longer than maybe 10 to 12 months. 10 to maybe 14 months. I think the longest I ever stayed at one place was 15 months. That was Microsoft, you know, but I would just leave. And I had this personal rule. I need an extra 10 grand. Anytime I go to the next job, you got to give me that. You just got, you got to give me that for, for dealing with your nonsense, for sitting underneath these fluorescent lights and breathing in this nasty behind air. And you talking to me with your damn coffee breath and all of that. And all that nonsense I had to deal with, you're going to pay me for that. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, so I was smooth with it, man. I came in, it was, it was real quick. Everybody's like, wait a minute, hold on, wait, yeah, let me get a hug. You know, yeah, I'll I see y'all later. I, mean, I ain't never seen them people since. I'm out. You know, and I was, that particular, I was the uh, CTO, Chief Technical Officer. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. You know, so you have those pivotal moments where you got to be in tune with yourself, you know, where you know you're really damaging your path forward, you're really damaging your spiral. 
or you're taking some hard detours, it's going to, excuse me, detours, um, that may even cause you later to get a personality disorder. Because that's what we're really talking about when we're talking about this. When we're talking about all of these different behavioral patterns and, and automated uh, egoic responses, um, these are behavioral disorders that lead us further away from the essential qualities of life. You know, these are, these are certain disorders that, you know, they, they create these strong st- structures inside of us. And there's structures that create further ego. So you, you get super egos, <laughs> you know, ego on top of ego. And it brings a lot of whole, a whole lot of unnecessary suffering. You see? And sometimes you're in tune. You can kind of see down the road and say, uh-uh, uh-uh. If I make this left or I make this right, this, this, this is going to be ugly. You know, this is going to be something that's going to take me years of, of maybe even therapy, you know? But take me years to have to recover from because it's feeding into a disorder and it's not the direction that I'm trying to I'm trying to go in. It's not where I'm trying to be. So it's the same thing um, when I'm dealing with people who are disrespectful or because they have no sense of culture. Like the sister on the phone today. Where'd y'all get this guy from? Like, you don't talk to a grown man like that. What the F is wrong with you? See, that's how you know we live back with society because you know, like if I say this, watch some more thumbs down. Watch this. Because we live in a society where you can't go upside our head. Yeah, I know. What? You advocating abuse? No. Because she's already being abusive. Because she's abusing societal privilege. That you can get up into a man's face like that, rile him all up, stir up all his warrior energy, and know good and well he can't do crap about it. <laughs> and just walk away, and now he's got a he's got a hole that for what reason? Just because you felt like bullying him. But you think about that in any sane society, how could someone, you know, who's physically and possibly even emotionally um, less inclined, go up with, against someone who's stronger physically and maybe even stronger emotionally, and come out the victor? It's not because that person has any type of skill or or prowess or anything like that, it's because the society supports that lunacy. The society supports that insanity. You see? So, and I know, I know that's not what people want to hear, and it doesn't feel good, doesn't sound good, but it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, there's a lot of things that we we rage against that secretly and quietly we really desire. You know, you have so many women who speak against submission. I hate that word submission, but they really want to be submissive. They would love to be submissive. But you don't have a lot of men who know how to be dominant. So it's it's, it's lopsided, you know, or when they get opportunities to be submissive, they fight it because of what? The automated program. And I'm going to do a show on that. I was actually going to do it tonight, but I'm not. But, you know, this, this is that idea. You got you have an operating system that's been programmed by your by your society, just like you have on your computer. You have an operating system. You have applications. The applications are the intuitive aspect of the computer. It allows you to to to, com, to converse and to exchange with the actual computer terminal. But underneath that exists an operating system. So you may have an application that's fun to play and that um, supports and endorses all of the ideas and all of the things that you're talking about, but there's a, there's an operating system that's actually running everything that sits underneath it. And that operating system may be programmed against you and you don't even know it. 
You don't even know it, you know? So um, a lot of us have these sick operating systems underneath it, even though we have the external image and view of someone who's conscious, someone who's on point, you see? But there's, there's a sick operating system that's sitting on top of that. So we'll be as conscious as we want to be until somebody starts talking about some real stuff. Then all of a sudden, the operating system kicks in, reboots the computer. And what does that do? That closes the application. That's why some people flip out on you sometimes. They'll be riding with you. Everything is good. Everything's good to go. And literally, in one day, they'll just make a hard left. Now you're out there by yourself. Their computer reset it. That's all. Their computer reset it. Sometimes you have friends like that who just bug out on you one day. Everything will be, <laughs> everything will be going good. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Then they just stop calling you. Nothing even happened. You didn't do anything, but something happened. I've had that with so many different students and, and people who I've initiated and stuff like that. I ain't even do anything to them. Not everything is cool. Honky-dory, and then they just leave, block, block my number, everything. But nothing actually happened. You know, and when I had people around the Ile who used to see that, they would always be, like, baffled by that. What the heck was that? And I said, no, nah, that's just, you know, they reset it. That's all. You know, they were on a high for a minute, but the Willie Lynch <laughs> programming, you know, kicked in. They had something must have happened where they reset. Maybe they went to church. It was a christening christening or they had a call from somebody. So what are you doing? Or this, that, that, you know, and something made them reset. So they had to delete all of the applications that were actually healing them. But see, here's the thing. Underneath all of that, you have what's called an EPROM. I'm not going to do the whole computer. I, I had a whole idea of a show where I was going to explain human psychology from the perspective of a natural computer terminal, but just real simple. You have what's called an EPROM, E-P-R-O-M, or sometimes um, you'll see it EROM. And EPROM stands for uh, Erasable Programmable Read-Only Memory. Okay, so that's the, that's the memory chip that um, sits really, really at the center of your computer, your EPROM. And not just your computer, even Electro, your, your um, like your remote to your TV has an EEPROM. You know, um, any pretty most electronic devices that are computerized have some form of EEPROM chip inside of them. And this is the chip; it has its own battery. So that's why when you turn your computer off and you turn it back on, you don't have to reset your time every time. And and certain preferences and things, preferences and things like that, are held inside of the computer because. There's, there's a battery that's always on and, and feeding that EEPROM. And the EEPROM, again, is erasable, programmable, read-only memory. It's read-only, so you don't write to it. You only get instructions from it. Well, that's your basic instinct, is your EEPROM. We all have an EEPROM, right? So that's why I say, yeah, society tells you, no, don't be submissive. Don't be submissive. But deep down, your primal instincts, you want to be submissive. That's why all your romance novels are the same thing. What do you do? Grabs you up, throws you on the bed. He doesn't make love to you. He just F's you. Now, I'm just giving a small example. You know, I don't think just having sex like that equates to submissiveness. But there's something in us with this primal urges. You know, look who made the book series Fifty Shades of Grey so huge. Wasn't men. <laughs> we didn't make that. that. Or, or the little whack movie they did. You know, we didn't blow that up. There was a lot of women who got off on that idea of being a submissive. 
You see, now again, I, I'm not trying to harp on that to make y'all think, well, is that a part of conscience? I need to be submissive. I'm not saying that. I'm just using that as an example to understand that there are orders that exist even beneath the operating system that this society has programmed. It's like you could have a computer that has its own base operating system. It's EEPROM, where its BIOS features are held and everything like that. And then you can install um, Apple. I mean, I'm sorry. You can install Windows on that computer. You can con- install uh, Linux. You know, you can install um, iOS software. So you can have so many different operating systems running, but the core nature is still going to be the same underneath all of those. And some of us are so wrapped up in our applications, are so wrapped up in our operating system that we haven't gotten down to our root basic instinct. We haven't gotten down to the EEPROM. You see, so that's why when I start saying things and I'm speaking from that EEPROM understanding, it feels like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. You know, how many people, when you turn on your computers, actually look at your bio screen? Most of you don't, if you're not really into tech. That's the EEPROM screen screen that comes up first. Most of you, you know, that's the black screen. You see the black screen with some text that goes by, and then you pretty much wait for your login screen for your actual operating system. Because all you want to deal with is the operating. Now, I'm using that metaphorically. I'm not saying that. Because don't go messing around with your BIOS. You might screw up your computer. All right? But um, what I'm saying is that most of us are really just looking for the program. And don't understand that, well, you didn't program that. That's a program that was given to you. And that's why sometimes you'll start getting the application. What's the application? It's the outer front. I'm conscious. I'm down. I'm, I'm this. You know, I'm not a feminist. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a leader. I'm a guy. Da, da, da. That's just application. That's just the outer stuff. Then what happens? The application crashes because it's trying to do too many things at one time. It crashes and it brings you back down to the operating system. The operating system might be uh, Willie Lynchism 2.3. You see? So now we write back down. That's when your friends flip out on you for no reason. What the heck? I thought we were done. Yeah, you had you kept that application open. You know, it's been open for three weeks. Now you haven't shut down your computer. So when you really shut down and reset, you get to really see the OS that's sitting underneath it. Now, how long would it take to reprogram that? How long would it take? You know? Long, long time. Long time. Some people are never going to step up off of their operating system that was given to them because it goes so far back. It goes back to childhood. It goes back to the first day you sat in a school building. They started working on you. They were building your operating system. You see? So you learn things after that, and what do you do? You come back to the OS at the end of the day because you got a, you got a bugged out, dysfunctional, <laughs> ratty operating system. I know it's harsh. I know I know it's not what you want to hear and all that other good stuff, but this is why um like I said to answer the question why I don't really I'm not going to flip out and stuff like that. Cuz I know myself. If somebody comes at me foul, we, you lose the connection in doing that. We ain't connected now. Or like sometimes in the chat room people saying little slick stuff to me. Mm-mm. We're not cool after that. You think we're cool, but we're not cool anymore. You don't talk to me like that. You know, I'm I'm not into that. No, you can't. You just can't do that. You know, I mean, one time one of my elders, he brought this situation up that happened a while ago in a hospital. 
Long story short, hospital lost his clothes. He was at the VA getting some work done. And they had already messed him up because they messed around, was doing the surgery, and burned a hole in the stomach. So he was in the hospital lung. You know, real sloppy VA stuff. And um, I went to go pick him up. They lost his clothes. So there was a male nurse who was there. And he says to me, he says, because, you know, of course, the elder was going off like, yo, y'all better find my, my, my left clothes, you know. So the male nurse says to me, man, what's his problem? You know, trying to, I guess, get me to side with him. So I paused for a second. Then went up to the nurse's station where he was at. I was like, what the F did you just say? He was like, huh? He was like, come on, bro. This big, big Jack Italian dude. You know, I'm like, you. Might, I'm not going to say what I said, but I said some real bad stuff and then proceeded to get over that counter. And cops came, you know, I guess somebody, one of the other nurses called the police. It was like, it was four cops around me, but I, I'm like, listen, there's going to be four cops with broken limbs. I don't got, I'm not afraid to go to Rikers, but y'all going to be all effed up. <laughs> I know that much. And I was talking, like, I didn't even turn around and look at them because how dare you speak to an elder like that or a, even about an elder like that? What are you thinking? And I said that to him. I said, there's old people. And how dare you talk, talk about him? Like, what's wrong with you? How dare you? Nah, you got to feel some pain behind that. F that. <laughs> you know? So that's the thing. Some people have no sense of decorum, even in that sense. Not to mention this was an elder who's related to me, but just throw that out for a minute. Don't talk about elders like that. You lost a man's clothing. And you're not even apologetic. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. You know, it's it's about having honor and integrity. And some don't have that. And you know, I spoke about that in the honor code in that video. When you tap into your into your honor and your integral structure, you'll start to look around at the world and see how much stuff is off and how much stuff is is slowly and gradually damaging you and you won't have it you know i spoke about that before when i said a lot of times we're feeding into a system and we're not aware of how we're feeding into the very system that's destroying us so once you realize it you're not gonna you become you know unmoving in some senses and it may be things that other people will look at and say man it's not that deep it's not that big a deal like what i eventually because they never actually never found this clothes so I had to go down to the gift shop and I bought some pajamas. Yeah, I bought some pajamas and like long johns and some slippers. And that's how we had to take them home, you know. Um, but the cops didn't, you know, because when your energy is like that and you're, you're in a righteous place, ain't nothing going to happen. Them cops didn't even touch me. They didn't even, and I didn't even turn my back. I didn't even turn around and look at them and address them. F them. I don't care about them cockroaches. You just said something funny about my elder. You better apologize, and which he did, you know. Um, and then the head doctor of that actual wing spoke to me after that and was like, yeah, you know, and she got on him, cursed him out. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, you can't be acting like that. Ah, he, was, he was completely in the right, you know. So when you become self-aware in that sense, people will say you're uppity. People will say you blow things out of proportion. People will say it's not that deep because they don't see. They don't see the things that are giving them life and they don't see the things that are slowly killing them. It's your job to see that and then try to introduce it to other folk. 
You know, that's 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 your job as the light holder. You know. All right, so we're gonna get out of here. Let me just scan the uh, chat room. I don't think there's any more questions, but um, tomorrow Thursday we're on at one p.m. one to three, and hopefully after this talk, this talk maybe you all have a, a better sense of the true self versus the false self. And it expresses itself differently for each person. I'm not saying you all got to go head to head with cops or anything like you ain't got to do nothing like that. That may not be your truest expression. You see, that may not be a karma that you have to pay back. You see, or have to rebalance in terms of being that protective. We all have our our thing that, that we need to do. But, you know, again, when you put your egoic self or your sleeping giant at the center of, of your circle, at the core of your consciousness, then you create a lot of harm for yourself. So it's it's more advantageous for you to put the true awakened self at the center of yourself. You know, when you put things on on the periphery like that, you you develop certain defensive behaviors to strengthen the ego. You see, you constantly regenerate your fears for life because you're you're running from them. You're running from those fears, so they keep coming back up. No different than when you dream about an animal and you run from it. It chases you even harder. And then you dream about it the next night and the next night and the next night until you stop running. Until you go to the center of it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace to you all in the chat room, especially those of you who have come in for the first time because there's a couple couple of new names up in the chat room uh, this evening. And you know, I want to say I apologize for the, for the tech issues earlier. Um, I'm apologize on the behalf of YouTube, its affiliates, and all of its subsidiaries <laughs> for messing up our show like that earlier. You know, but hey, it happens, man. Like I said, it's free. You're getting free information, and I'm getting a free way to give it to you, with the exception of Block Talk. But I'm getting a free way to give it to you. So, you know, no point in riffing about that. All right, so I'm out of here. For those of you who are not members of the Anu Life Global Ministries, you can go there to sign up and join up and then be on be a part of the phone calls and things like that. For those of you who are not students, you know, you can go to sadulhouse.com, S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E.com and become a student of many different classes that we have up there. Um, but you can get closer and closer and closer to this information. And I know that many of you are part of this the, the current, the Our New Spiritual Training One Challenge, you know, um, definitely build with each other, get information from each other, ask each other questions. I can't stress that enough. I cannot stress that enough. A lot of questions you notice I don't answer and I'm not going to answer. It's not because I'm arrogant or I'm just trying to give you a hard time, but sometimes I got I to gotta kick you in your back to make you be community. <laughs> You know, if I do everything that everything centers around me, oh, let me ask cheap, let me ask cheap, man, don't ask me nothing. Ask each other. Love each other. Be a support to one another. Don't don't center anything around me. That that is a mistake. You can already see my nature. <laughs> you know, anything could happen tomorrow. Then what? Well, you're chief. You teach them to chief. Man, you build them structures. Decentralize the power, man. Build them structures amongst yourselves, you see? So that way it won't be shut down. Anything happens to me, y'all gonna keep it going. That's the key. 
Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. It's like the it's like the end of uh um Spook who sat by the door. You know, keep you went to the back, brothers, keep firing. <laughs> you know, and th- that's where we're at with this thing, man. So let me just reiterate that. You know, use the the site to talk to each other and chat and you know, um get information on the different um lectures or different questions that you may have. And especially if they're basic questions, I'm not gonna answer them anyway. All right. I'm not answering your basic questions. All right. Why? Because I respect myself more than that. And I may ha- and for some of you, I have to teach you who to ask certain things of. But I'm not always going to go back to one on one because you're too lazy to pick up my book and, all, and use all the tools that I've already put in front of you to learn certain things. We ain't going to do that. All right. So I'm out of here. I will see you all uh, tomorrow. Um, now, Allison says you touch. You know what? Ah, if I could pull it up, Allison, why don't you put your information in the chat room? <laughs> All right, I see you're already talking. I wanted to put your catering stuff in the chat room. It's a bunch of business owners, and I knew. I wish you all would, would. You know, I might have to force you to do that. To find different ways to force you to act right. Support each other, man. Cooperative economics. It's in the book. <laughs> But there's a lot of business owners, and 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 I, I do appreciate you not using the space just to advertise what you're doing, you know. But um, you know, you could, on the Sedula House for those of you who are students, you can put all of that information in your profile, you know, your, your student profile, so that when people look at you, they can see your website and and things like that. So that's an opportunity for you to tap into the, the demographic and the community that's already available to you, you know. You already got a, a, a community of students sitting right here, a community of people who I'm sure uh, are looking for exactly what it is that you do or that you provide. I bet you. All right. So I don't see it in the chat room, but I'm sure you'll put it in later. Um, and I'll try to remember to pull it up myself. All right. So everyone, rest well. Um, be safe. Have Have good visions tonight, man. And Hopefully no one was too taken aback by the things that I spoke about tonight. You know, the razor sharp and it cuts deep. You know, just know that it's all love and uh, nothing that I'm saying is is, is um, coming out of my behind. <laughs> it's all well thought out. Okay, so um, everything that I'm saying here, it's you know, it's, I'm not just making it up. You know, just try it out. We done tried everything else already, and that stuff ain't worked. Try something new. All right, everyone. Peace.